is part of the TPS Radio Sports Podcast Network at www.tpsradio.net. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown, where tonight, 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 we bring you live pay-per-view coverage of the WWE's latest pay-per-view offering, TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. And we've got things started off right now in the ring as the opening match for this pay-per-view, the match that I believe is going to be the show-stealer of the night. We've got Christian and Shelton Benjamin in a ladder match for the ECW Championship. And I said it I said it before on Plugged In. I've said it on Wrestling News Live. Tonight, Shelton Benjamin wins the big one, or at least the next best thing, the ECW Championship. Joining me in the studio, Mark the Shark DiCarlo is not here tonight, unfortunately. Boom may show up later on as well. But in the studio with me, he is the, uh, what's the term you've been using lately, Dave? Worldwide Phenomenon. Wow, the worldwide phenomenon known as Internet Dave Standish joining me in the studio tonight. And, of course, I am J.J. Sexay, the Sunday Night Showstopper, bringing you live coverage of tables, ladders, and chairs. Oh, my. What's going on, Dave? 
Not much. I've been uh, really looking forward to this show. Obviously, Raw, SmackDown, and especially ECW have done a good job of of promoting what we are going to experience here over the next three hours. Unfortunately, it's a little bit too formulaic with uh, with <coughs> Jericho really dominating Degeneration X right at the end of Raw and Sheamus really dominating John Cena to show that, yeah, they do look strong, but they're both going down at the end of the pay-per-view. And I'm thinking that that this first ladder match is starting us off because the uh, the TLC match, the tag team title match, TLC, full TLC is going to end up, end us off tonight for the tag team championships. Well, it only makes sense. I mean, it is tables, ladders, and chairs. Why not have the match between DX and Jericho in the show? I think that's exactly where we're going, and I think we're going to see new unified tag team champions by the end of the night. I say DX takes it, and for the first time in their career, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are both tag team champions together. Well, the key to that is that not only can DX appear on all three shows to promote the hell out of the tag team titles and, and really get some extra viewers to, to, those, to those other programs, but now Chris Jericho and Big Show, although they've had a fantastic run, and I would be shocked if tomorrow night they're not awarded with the Tag Team of the Year award for the Slammy Awards, just like... <coughs> Excuse me, just like uh, the Miz and Morrison were last year, because they definitely deserve those uh, that award. Uh, that it's time for them to do their own thing going into 2010. Obviously, Jericho is desperately needed on the SmackDown brand, and depending on how this goes tonight, maybe the Big Show could be the next challenger for John Cena. As Chris, <laughs> Christian, very close to the ECW Championship on top of the ladder, but Shelton Benjamin stops him. He got so close he could see his reflection in the belt. He even had time to tease his hair while he was there. Yes, he did. That's right. But uh, obviously the crowd into this immediately. Another quick move by Benjamin and a pull-off by Christian. You know, I know in the chat room, uh, I believe Towney saying, who else is gutted that CM Punk is not on the card tonight? He's not on the card tonight, but I think we're going to see CM Punk in some form or fashion. Yeah, it I'm wouldn't sure. surprise me if he interferes in one of the main matchups tonight. Uh, I think that regardless of the fact he's not on the pay-per-view, we're at least entitled to a promo as to why he's not here tonight and why he thinks he should be. So I guarantee you we'll see CM Punk later on on this night. Look at all the ladders surrounding the ring. Yeah. Oh, Christian uh, been cut, o- cut open just above his uh, just above his right eyebrow. Not too too bad of a cut right now, but I think Shelton Benjamin may just specifically concentrate on that as uh, a ladder to the head landed the wrong way for Christian. Yeah, I think he got cut open hard way there. Um, you know, one of the things I want to start everything off with, with this show, and I discussed this a little bit with the guys. Look, Santa Claus is in attendance. All right. No, just the, the, the medical personnel, the referee put on his, uh, on his uh, gloves, and the medical guys are cleaning up Christian as we speak. So just like with, with Cena against... Randy Orton in the Iron Man match, no blood whatsoever for this PG-13 audience. Well, you know, I, you pointed it out, and I was looking, and I saw Santa Claus, and I was wondering, is that Santa Claus or is that Santo Claus? Because you never know with that crazy Santo Loco. No, that's true. <laughs> this, is, this show isn't in New Orleans tonight, is it? Or? I don't think so, but yeah. never underestimate the power of Santo Loco. Um, with that being said, though, or Santo Claus, as it were, I want to start the show off and talk a little bit about the fact that Jim Ross has said he wants to call a ban on chair shots. Now, 
I find that a little ironic that going into this pay-per-view, tables, ladders, and chairs, that we're calling for a ban for chairs by a commentator who right now is injured, not on the roster, as it were. But don't you find that just a little... I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? A little... Uh, ironic? Ironic. Don't you think? Okay, Alanis. I know you're Canadian, <laughs> but come on. Uh, it is a very interesting point. I mean, I remember Hunter talking about it on Thursday, and just... Well, even the chatters around uh, half an hour prior to the pay-per-view starting were talking about how a few months ago, the WWE Universe was asked via an online poll what the new theme of the December pay-per-view should be, TLC tournament or one other stipulation and obviously TLC won by a landslide and a lot of the chatters were discussing how they uh, how they felt that go ahead Shelton from the top of the ladder does a uh, a plancha onto Christian I was wondering why they're climbing the ladder on the outside of the ring obviously setting up for a major high spot good thing Christian got there before Shelton uh, as they show the replay right here if you look Christian got there just in time because Shelton was pretty close to banging the back of his neck on that hard concrete floor with no matting, as it were. Absolutely. <laughs> I love when they say that. We don't have a mat on the floor. Well, there's there's quite possibly a mat right there. That well, shit is mat. Come depending on. On, on which arena you're in, you're, they'd either be landing on concrete or ice, depending on if they're in an NHL arena or not. So I think they need a little bit of padding because you don't want to be landing hard on either concrete or ice, depending on which arena you're in. As Shelton is going to the announce table, which actually features Jerry Lawler, Michael Cole, and Matt Stryker. So we don't have any ECW uh, commentators out here right now. We just have the mix from SmackDown and Raw. Shelton setting up the ladder, one end on the announce table, the other from the ring. Well, Stryker's familiar enough with both men to be able to... Uh give a pretty normal perspective on all this. Shades of old school ECW. As Christian whips him into the ladder, Shelton ducks underneath and pulls Christian underneath the ladder and he's going, he's going for a slingshot as he's got the legs hooked. Christian not having any part of it as he kicks Shelton into the ladder that was standing. Very think, good matchup so far. I, I think what they've done is they've gone over the last few Money in the Bank ladder matches and just taken some spots from them because when you look back at those matches, Shelton Benjamin was the one that came up with most of the innovative, never-before-seen-in-the-ladder-match kind of moves that we've seen over these last three or four WrestleMania matches. Well, no, Shelton Benjamin, a highly athletic competitor, very, very innovative when it comes to ladder matches. We'll probably see something tonight that we've never seen before. That's just a given, given these two athletes. Christian gets reversed and thrown into the ladder as it looked like he was going to throw Shelton into the ladder in the corner. But Shelton getting his wherewithal, reversing Christian headfirst into the ladder. And he's actually taken and turned the ladder in front of Christian in the turnbuckle. This is looking interesting. But yeah, especially like what we were talking about earlier about TLC being the vote from the universe. That... That tells you something where now every pay-per-view is either a big four or a gimmick show. And, I mean, people have voted for the most violent gimmicks. Yeah, I mean, bragging rights certainly certainly works out works itself out. But you've got TLC in February. It's Elimination Chamber in now May because they've eliminated Judgment Day. It's Extreme Rules and Hell in a Cell. So fans are looking for blood and and for vi just pure violence, and uh, like you guys were talking about, these guys physically just can't handle it very long. 
Very nice series of maneuvers. Christian setting the ladder up underneath the championship belt. Gets all the way to the top. Shelton comes up. Knocks the ladder down. And both Christian and the ladder are down as Shelton picks up another ladder. Very entertaining matchup thus far, Internet Dave. Absolutely. Like they said a couple of weeks on ago on the ECW show, this is our chance to steal the show because nobody can nobody can top us. I heard something recently where you'd if you're gonna be in a sequence, you might as well go first or last, because if you go first and you do fantastically well, then nobody else can top you. But if you're if you go last you have that lasting impression as the audience leaves the arena. So, obviously, Christian Cage and, and Shelton Benjamin, the gold standard, want to go as far as they possibly can. Well, while we have the opportunity, Dave, why don't you uh, read off the card tonight and let everybody know exactly what's in store for tables, ladders, and chairs. Absolutely. Oh, my, tonight. Uh, six title matches tonight. But, as you said, CM Punk uh, gets the night off. Michelle McCool and Mickey James for the SmackDown Women's Championship. A Shelton Benjamin, a couple... Seconds too close, but Christian Cage is going to come up and catch him. John Morrison and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental title. Oh, he's going for the reverse DDT, and he hits it. Reverse DDT from the top of the ladder. Huge crowd reaction. Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston, they face each other for the very first time. We'll have to, I'll be very interested to see how that turns out. What, on pay-per-view, perhaps? I'm sorry, yeah, on pay-per-view is what I meant. Chris Jericho and the Big Show versus DX for the TLC. For the tag team titles under the TLC stipulation. A chair match between The Undertaker and Batista. A tables match between John Cena and Sheamus. And, of course, a ladder match here, Christian and Shelton Benjamin. I imagine with Sheamus and John Cena, there's going to be a couple of tables where they they put themselves through it by accident, so they won't technically count. Christian on top of the ladder. He actually goes for the belt. Shelton Benjamin on the turnbuckle. But Christian down. He has the ladder. And he looks to ram into Shelton Benjamin, who's caught the ladder. Shelton with a kick to the face. We get a perfect view of the of the set for TLC tonight, where you see nothing but tables, ladders, and chairs hanging. It's a great idea. And Shelton is now on top of the ladder, going for the belt. But Christian reverses. Oh, Shelton, man, is he athletic. Look at the athleticism of Shelton Benjamin as he's standing on top of the ropes. He has the ladder in hand. The ladder's still set up. Well, Christian, Christian made sure to be careful for him, just to be on the safe side. He's at the top of that 20-foot ladder, coming right down with the clothesline. Now, see, there's something we've never seen before. That's for sure, definitely. I told you, innovative. He, he put something out there that we've never seen. Right, and I mean, it's a case where, I mean, the ladders are kind of moving sort of slowly, so it takes a while to build up to the moves. But even from that Wiley Coyote cam, boy, is that impressive. And just to sum up what uh, C.J. Bowman said in the chat room, I, I completely agree. He's on the edge of his seat watching this match. I couldn't agree those sentiments anymore, Internet Dave. But that, yeah, and, and that's the weird thing is w when you talk about the PG-13 rating and every every ounce of blood having to be cleaned up immediately, it's surprising to me that WWE is allowing these ultra-violent stipulation matches in their non-Big Four pay-per-views. I thought Shelton had the belt there as he actually grabbed it, was going to take it off. We've got Christian climbing over top of Shelton Benjamin trying to get to the belt. I see a crazy spot happening here. Obviously, these guys know how... Like, they're always an inch away from the belt, but they know how to sell that they're so close yet so far. Power slam from the top. Delivered. From the middle of the ladder. Delivered wow. by Shelton Benjamin to Christian. Beautifully done. Uh, 
DBE in the chat room, I wonder what the appropriate reaction is when they tell you they are booking you in a match where you throw ladders at each other. <laughs> That's got to be fun, I'm telling you. Absolutely. Uh, don't forget, uh, if, if you're listening to us live, which we know you are, check out the uh, WrestleView chat room. Click on chat around the top middle of the page and uh, come and join us in the, in the WrestleView chat room. There's about 30 guys in there right now, and we'd love to have you join us and ask us some questions or... Or give us your comments live in the air. So you were back to the uh, matches at hand. Did you read all those off? Yes, I did. Did you really? Yes. Well, you know what? I think Mickey James goes over tonight. The Piggy James comments have got to come to an end. I think she takes that title from Michelle McCool. Shelton Benjamin hanging from the the wire as Christian is going to try to hit him with a ladder to get him to fall down. This is this is always dangerous, but usually well controlled, so they know what know what they're up against. But obviously, he doesn't want to take the chance of grabbing the belt, but then falling, and and really shootingly hurt himself. And he sets up the ladder so that uh, Shelton can actually stand on the ladder. And now Christian goes for the oh, belt. Oh, that's a bad finish. If that's the finish, no way. Oh, now we we trade it off where Shelton Benjamin takes the ladder away and Christian's hanging from the wiring. Big I see a power bomb. And I don't mean peanut butter. Oh. Power bomb into the ladder in the corner. Christian Cage. Wow. I still like to call him Cage. I don't know. I why. do too. It's it's weird. I mean, how long has he been back now? Just about a year? Yeah, about a year. Yeah. 10 or 11 months probably. So, yeah, it seems weird not to call him Christian Cage. Cause well, let's see. He re-debuted, what, right before WrestleMania this year? Yeah, so, yeah, 10 months. Yeah, he was in the ladder uh, Money in the Bank, wasn't he? I think he was, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, because him and uh, Christian, or him and uh, Edge had that uh, that confrontation backstage at the February show. So, yeah, yeah he's been back about 10 months. This is our first broadcast since... Um, since the sad passing of Umaga, and I just want my thoughts and condolences to go out to the family of uh, Eddie Fatu. Right. Obviously, the uh, toxicology reports are not going to be coming out for quite a while. Wow, a kind of X-Division flip move uh, scenario there. Well, what happened was Shelton Benjamin was going to attempt a powerbomb, a sunset flip powerbomb, off the ladder, and Christian reversed it into a Hurricane Rana, sending Shelton Benjamin right into the turnbuckle. A beautiful maneuver, and you're right, it is a very X-Division-esque type move. And now both men are, are, quarrel, are battling right outside where that ladder is set up between the ring to the announce table, and Shelton doing his best to, to German suplex Christian onto this ladder, but Christian having no part of it with elbows to the face, and he hits the kick. Is hanging upside down kick as now. That's a great move anytime. Shelton Benjamin is laying prone on this ladder in between the ring and the announce table. Christian on the top, obviously looking to do probably a frog <laughs> splash. Boy, is he tired. He's groggy. And he hits a splash, and splitting the ladder, the ladder in half. We haven't seen that since, uh, since Money in the Bank. shit. Now is the time the audience will start chanting, this is awesome. Unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. 
Obvious, the athleticism of these two guys is incredible. Obviously, they're trying to convince people that there is a wrestling TV show on every Tuesday night on Sci-Fi because this might be the only way people are informed that that program still exists. As well, Christian, the ratings have been awful. Rating. To be yeah. to be honest, well, I, I'm I'm misunderstanding why if they eliminate everybody but the new people that the ratings will go up. If Sci-Fi is unhappy with the ratings, why would you eliminate anybody who can draw ratings as Christian Cage just simply walks up the ladder and takes the championship? So there you go. Very hard-fought match. So I, I've obviously, uh, my pick was mistaken for this one. Christian retains wow. the ECW championship in one hell of a ladder match to open things up for tables, ladders, and chairs right here tonight. I think the whole WrestleView crew was what, maybe one for three or over oh four in that because everybody was like, Christian Cage's time to move to SmackDown or Raw is now, and Shelton Benjamin's chance to be the champion is now, and uh, that's not going to happen on, in either scenario for at least 48 hours. You know, and looking in the chat room, Bleach Black makes a great point. A realistic finish. WWE finally <laughs> put together a realistic finish. Holy cow. Unbelievable. So Christian retains his ECW championship, but Shelton Benjamin earned his money tonight. There's no question about that. And good thing, unlike a TL, excuse me, unlike a ladder match in uh, total nonstop action, the referee stayed on the outside. No, no, uh, no, <laughs> no uh, bullshit with uh, with referees interfering and and getting in the way and calling for pin pinfalls in ladder matches. WWE finally learned their lesson and left the referees on the outside. And I'm sure after this, they probably won't have another ECW match on a pay-per-view for another six months. Well, then again, it won't be around for another six months. So, Well, whatever that Tuesday program is. But right now, I think, with Shelton Benjamin not winning this championship tonight, really, you have no number one contender starting Tuesday night. There's no next contender for the Royal Rumble. Obviously, it's the next pay-per-view is not for seven weeks, and you have to think the majority of the ECW roster at a higher level would be in the Royal Rumble match so there may or may not be an ECW title match I would think with seven weeks to go there certainly would have time to set one up you never know what might happen but uh, they gotta they gotta figure something out awfully quick starting uh, this Tuesday on, on the Sci-Fi Network unbelievable and the crowd reacted very very positively and we're off to a great start with the uh, the L in TLC being being very well filled, absolutely. Like I said, a very very hard fought matchup. I really thought the finish of this match was very well put together, very believable. And Shelton Benjamin obviously injured after this matchup, but just great athleticism by both guys. You know, absolutely. Yeah, no question about it. Let's uh, let's figure out what <coughs> excuse me obviously Jeff it, we haven't been on for about three weeks so there's been uh, quite a few things that have transpired in uh, in both organizations since we joined you last for for Survivor Series as it, they're already doing the preview to DX and, and Jericho which wouldn't make a lot of sense to have two ladder matches back to back unless unless Batista and The Undertaker are really planning to steal the show with their uh, with their chair match later on tonight but uh, January 4th should prove to be a very interesting evening. I, uh, I'm really looking forward to it myself. I think I'll probably <laughs> be flipping back and forth 
I'll have that day off uh, from school, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that evening. I don't think it'll really produce what TNA hopes it will produce, but at least they'll have a they'll have their test as to what a Monday night pro- live program could really do for their product, or give them maybe the final conclusion of what uh, they've probably known on all, all along here is uh, San Antonio, the home of Shawn Michaels, is prepped and ready for another match. Yeah, they're actually showing the Riverwalk right now, which uh, when, I was a, when I was younger, I think I was about 11 or 12, I actually took a trip to San Antonio oh, okay. and actually went to the Alamo and, of course, uh, the Riverwalk, which was very cool. Glad to see that they're incorporating the Riverwalk. Right now we've got Drew McIntyre, a kid who I think has unlimited potential, or at least the WWE management is very high on this kid. Um, obviously, this is the Intercontinental Championship match, John Morrison and Drew McIntyre. And as I said on Thursday, I'm the only one picking this. I honestly feel that Drew McIntyre goes over Morrison tonight. And if you want to stick to the old tried-and-true formula that WWE usually does, uh, Morrison did get the best of him on this uh, SmackDown on Friday night. So Morrison coming out as uh, William Wallace in Braveheart gear. And cutting a promo oh, okay. and, uh, you know, just getting the best of Drew McIntyre. I honestly feel, and, and I would love to see John Morrison retain that belt and keep it for a while, but I got to think Drew McIntyre is a star on the rise, and what better way to make him a star than to put some gold around his waist right after his debut, and I think he goes over tonight. What about on an opening opportunity for a pay-per-view? Obviously, Dirt, or, uh, Dolph Ziggler got three or four pay-per-view opportunities at the Intercontinental Championship and could never... Uh, Never pay himself off with taking that belt away. Could McIntyre take it away on the first opportunity? Well, it seems that they've soured on uh, Mr. Ziggles. They're not really looking to push <laughs> him now. I don't know why. I like I like Ziggles, to be honest. But uh, it looks like Drew McIntyre may have inherited the push that Dolph Ziggler was going to get. I say he walks out of here tonight, your new Intercontinental Champion. Uh, joining us in the broadcast position now, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Boom Boom is now in the house. Hello, my internet peoples. Have you missed me? And the crowd goes wild all over the internet right now. I know they're wild. <laughs> but sadly, I, I can't tell that they're going wild because unfortunately we have this little bit of a delay and, you know, not everybody, you know, can type fast enough to let me know how much they've missed me, but I know they have. Yes. And that's all that counts. Definitely. I'll tell you, having harmony on this show is ratings. That's right, gold. (laughs) So, what do you think? Do you think Drew McIntyre goes over here, or do you think John Morrison, Jomo as we call him, retains the Intercontinental title? I gotta go with this new kid that I don't really like at all, Drew McIntyre. That you don't really like. Not a big fan. You know what he reminds me of? Like, if you look at him, body type and all, he reminds me of Triple H circa 1995. Big, tall, lanky kid. Not super defined, but muscular. And yeah. And nobody. He was nobody then. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And he was nobody. He was nothing special. I mean, now he's Triple H. Don't but before remember? he was Triple H, I mean... Remember back in the day when he used to wrestle Duke the Dumpster Drosy or or Henry Godwin in a pig slop match or a hog pin match? That was good stuff. 
that's right near the end where everybody had to be something rather than just themselves. I mean, that goes back to, to, you know, the whole character gimmick. Weren't we just discussing that last night? How there's no characters, no gimmicks anymore? Well, it's funny. That's what I was just about to kind of segue into. Um, You know, my birthday was just a couple weeks ago, November 26th, and uh, Harmony got me a set, well, at least two discs of the set. Hey, it's the whole set. Well, they so just far. haven't come out with the rest of the set. But I got you the whole set so far. We have, like, the Survivor Series, the first uh, two editions. So we've got, like, 87 or 88 to 91, and then we've got 92 to 96. And we've been watching those classic Survivor Series Wow! Uh, in our spare time. And, you know, she's absolutely right. It, it, it's gotten away from the gimmick. There's not many gimmicks anymore. It's just guys that are muscular... Guys that all look the same, guys with just regular names. Yeah, regular everyday people like Bob Smith and Joe Blow and Drew McIntyre. There's there's no hockey players, there's no baseball players, there's no repo men, there's no clowns. No, there's a lot of clowns, they just don't look like clowns. <laughs> well, isn't it what they always say is, it's your personality, but with the volume turned up to ma- turned up to maximum? But I'm, I miss the good gimmick days. I mean, none of them were good gimmicks, but it was good times with the not-so-good gimmicks. Well, I, I think wrestling needs to go back to gimmicks. That's that's one of the things that I'm really trying to accomplish with our EFED here at WrestleView is I'm trying to gimmick everybody up. Everybody has their own specific gimmick. I mean, we have the luchador in Santa Loco. That's that's not a, a job title, though. What what do your people do in this EFED? Do you got some teachers and some skiers and some Olympic gold medalists? Come on, what do you have there? I don't have an Olympic gold medalist, but there there could be a teacher in my future. I know that Mr. V is dying to get in as a manager and put together a, a stable. So, I mean, who knows? Wait, we got a teacher as a manager. Anything could happen. Well, then there you go. You'd have a gimmick. Are you going to have any farmers? I mean that's that's what that's what wrestling is lacking today. You know, they're lacking, you know, the the clowns and the chickens and the roosters and the pigs. Oh, wait. They do have Vicky Guerrero. Dun, dun, dun. Well, there well that brings up the question in the Raw versus SmackDown series, can you dress guys up as funky gimmicks like farmers and and stuff like that easily? Oh, wow. So they do give you that opportunity for people like Harmony who who do miss air wrestling. No, absolutely. That's I'm an not easy the fix. only one. No, of course not. I mean, we uh, you started watching back then. You started watching yeah, back 86, then. 86, 87, around there. The, oh, God, that's, that's a long time ago. I don't remember that far back. But, you know, most of the chat room started, started watching back then. Most of the listeners started watching back then. And what hooked you? I mean, it had to be the gimmicks because you were watching long before they were regular everyday people, weren't you? She's got a point there. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I mean, the market changed. The markets changed twice. In the 80s, it was it was everybody had to be something to keep the kids' attention and, and stuff like that. And in the 90s, all those kids who bought the, the foam fingers and the ice cream grew up and needed to be entertained like uh, Nirvana would entertain a, a crowd. Look, and then Dave. They all up, and now we have a new generation of kids that we have to, Dave. Uh, to cater to. Dave. Yes. You may have grown up because, I mean, well... You guys are old, but well, I, I mean taller, me. Um, you know, I, I'm not quite so old. I'm still in my 20s. So, um, but you grew up. But wouldn't wouldn't you love a foam finger, or or a foam tomahawk? I can give you or, a finger. Or a 
Bret Hart sunglasses. Come on, don't you miss those things? The foam tomahawk I remember seeing on sale when I went to uh, events a long time ago. Yeah, I was like three, but I got one. Yeah, and you've also been manhandled by Tatanka, so... I have. He he touched me in, in a way that no Indian has ever touched me. It's true. It, it's damn true. It's sadly true. <laughs> I can't believe That's you... That's right. Can't believe Start you, spreading the rumors now. I can't believe you didn't get him to autograph your uh, your foam tomahawk when you were in the same room with him. <laughs> she didn't have the foam tomahawk then. I don't believe in autographs, Dave. I think that autographs are so, you know... Back in the day, why get an autograph when you can get pictures? That's true. Now, if you go to my Facebook page, there is a picture of me with with Tatanka, um, just after he touched me in a way that no Indian man has That's ever right. touched that, me. That was the night that Tatanka <laughs> made Harmony his squaw. It was a very sad oh night boy. for me. As John Morrison hits a beautiful DDT to Drew McIntyre, and Hunter calls this perfectly in the chat. This is boring as hell. Well, because that's what happens when you have just two guys with names. Well, you know, you can't throw a bucket of pig slop. Yeah. You can't throw a bucket of confetti or shoot a gun that just says bang when you shoot it. Oh, that 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 was well done. No, but I mean, guy, the fans of need to recover after the uh, the uh, ECW Championship ladder match. That is and true. They have to slow it down just a little bit. But I got to be honest. I mean, this to me, this is a test for Drew McIntyre because John Morrison. As spotty as he is, I think that fundamentally he's at least a decent wrestler. We've seen some great matchups between him and CM Punk, and both guys have used uh, a lot of counters and you know old school wrestling maneuvers in their matches. So the fact that people give Morrison a, a bad rap about oh he was just he's a spot fest and doesn't have the fundamentals down, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think Morrison is a very technically sound wrestler. I think he's he's round he's grounded and you know. I guess well-rounded in every facet. He can wrestle. He can do the high spots. I, I see nothing wrong with John Morrison. This Drew McIntyre is not impressing me. Either. I'll tell you one thing, though, from what you guys were saying on Thursday. To me, I'll, I can guarantee that John Morrison will not win the 2010 Royal Rumble. There's no way in hell because... If How you can you guarantee that? It's like a month away. Are you psychic? Seven weeks, baby. If you're second... Why are you calling me baby? Um, if you're psychic, though, I, I have a whole list show. of questions to ask you that that are much more um, exciting than if John Morrison is going to win the Royal Rumble. But there's no way because <laughs> if if he's going to challenge, if he's going to win a belt, or if he's going to challenge for one of the championships, he's just not at that level. He's not in that Batista, Undertaker, Sh- Chris Jericho level on on the SmackDown brand, and he's not at that John Cena. Triple H, Shawn Michaels level at the uh, on the Raw brand, so it it doesn't make sense for him to win. Could he win it in 2011? Absolutely. And I mean, I think when we do our Royal Rumble show next year, uh, in just seven weeks, what we'll have to all do is predict who will win the 2011 Rumble as we're fading out from the 2010 Rumble. But a lot can happen uh, in a year, and I see where you're going with that. Well, but a lot can't. Ha- a lot is not going to happen in the next seven weeks. For uh, a lot for could happen. No. Sure. No way. Why why is he not a valid contender for a world champion? I absolutely see John Morrison as a champion on SmackDown. He's not at the level of the competition that's on his brand right now. I mean, could you imagine him challenging The Undertaker? That's why they're called underdogs. Dave, I I, I completely agree with Harmony, and I've said this. 
and I'm sticking with my pick. I think John Morrison goes over this year, wins the Rumble, and goes after whoever is the SmackDown champion. And there's two guys, and I know Hunter and I discussed this on Wrestling News Live on Thursday. There's two actual picks that I think would work really well. One of them in my pick was Chris Jericho, who I think after he loses the titles tonight with Big Show, I think he's next in line for a title shot against the Taker, and I think he takes that title from the Undertaker with help from the Big Show. And you could see possibly Chris Jericho and John Morrison in a great match at WrestleMania, a big a big match for John Morrison winning that title at WrestleMania against Chris Jericho. The other would be, and Hunter had this pick, Batista, a good heel Batista going against John Morrison is another matchup that could really draw huge numbers. But either way, I think we're going to see John Morrison emerge as the Royal Rumble champion this year. Absolutely. And you know what? The thing with him is he's been around for a few years. He's been, you know, consistent the last few years. And yet it's still new and fresh. We've seen Batista. We've seen The Undertaker. We've seen Chris Jericho. We've seen Triple H. We've seen Shawn Michaels. I mean, I think Shawn Michaels was in championship contendership before I was even born. He just delivered the double-arm DDT, Drew McIntyre, to John Morrison. This is it. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre. Oh, yes. I was correct, ladies and gentlemen. Me too. Drew McIntyre and Harmony. Drew McIntyre, your new intercontinental champion. I called it. Oh, yeah. But you know what this reminds me of? Way back in the day, there once was a match between Bret Hart. And the British Bulldog. Bret Hart was the Intercontinental Champion. He lost that to the Bulldog. Poor little Harmony, who was only like five at the time, was devastated. Did you and cry in your Cheerios? I cried my eyes out. I was devastated because he should have been champion. And what happened a few months later? They took the title from him so that they could put the big title on him. They've taken the IC belt off of Jomo. I got to tell you guys. The what does that mean? The uh, the chat room is shocked right now. Nobody thought in the chat that uh, Drew McIntyre was going to win this this contest. That's he not true. Crelly called this. Why are Why are people shocked though? I mean, he, uh, I don't I don't like the guy, and and I said that right at the start of the match when I said unfortunately I thought he would win. I don't like the guy. I don't think he's got a good gimmick. I don't think he's championship material. I'm not quite sure why Vince is so high on this guy and says he's going to be the future champion. I mean, maybe he sees something that I don't see, and one day we'll see it. However, they're pushing this guy to the moon. Well, he's our ROH uh, alumni, isn't he? I don't know, but I'm going to say this. WWE is in a rebuilding period. When you look at all the main guys on the roster, like they're really going through a series where they're trying to elevate new stars. Again, they just took this title off John Morrison. He really, I don't even think, was scheduled to have this uh, Intercontinental Championship. If I recall, they were trying to work a program with Mysterio and Ziggler, and then Mysterio got suspended for wellness. And we all know what happened there. They put the title on Morrison, stopped pushing Ziggler, and now it looks like Ziggler is out of the picture. Drew McIntyre is your new Intercontinental Champion, and John Morrison will go on, rebuild everything up, he doesn't need the Intercontinental Championship to be a big draw in that company. I mean, let's not forget, he's been 
a former Intercontinental Champion. He was an ECW World Champion back when it, it kind of meant something. I got it. You said you said Drew McIntyre was kind of like Triple H. He reminded you of Triple H, and, and I said that, you know, Triple H was nothing back then, da-da-da-da. But then he hooked up with Vince's daughter, and then he became Triple H. So perhaps Drew McIntyre is going to hook up with Vince's granddaughter? Like, does Shane have, does Shane have girls? Because he's got older kids than Stephanie. I think by a lot of years. Seven or eight if, if they're at, at absolute okay, so, maximum. So no. what's the legal age in the state? No, I think the first grandchild, if I'm not mistaken, was born in 2003. Because if you remember the opening for WrestleMania 20 from Madison Square Garden in 2004... The tagline was WrestleMania, where it all begins again. And there was Shane, Vince, and the grandchild. Who remembers that shit? I do. <laughs> and Vinnie Mac giving his props to Drew McIntyre in the back as uh, we're going to get an interview with Vince McMahon and Josh Matthews. And right now it's uh, the time on Sunday Night Showdown. After our two matches, we're going to hit our first break of the night. And we'll be right back with continuing live coverage of WWE's TLC Tables, Ladders, and Chairs. And so far, one championship has changed hands. Drew McIntyre, your new Intercontinental Champion. And I told you so, fuckers. We'll be right back right after this. Goodbye, fuckers. Injuries can happen at any time. My kneecap just kind of blew over to the side of my leg. I've torn the pectoral muscle completely off my shoulder. I've had surgery five times in my left knee. The tendon was torn off the bone. Couldn't hardly lift my leg anymore. With every move I made, my body, my career, my life is on the line. Don't risk yours. Please, don't try this. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Today, we salute you, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Designer. While lesser designers would shy away from putting 300-pound men in spandex, you embrace it. Yes, you do. Pushing fashion to its limits, literally, you pair tights with a cape, a leotard with a mask, leather boots with a thong. All understated ways of saying, I'm going to rip your head off and look fabulous doing it. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Guy, because without you, a man crushing another man's head in his arms would just look silly. Mr. Pro Wrestling Wardrobe Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, you done did it now. Chaos, you should have put this one in the vault, man. They not ready. They don't know what's coming, man. Oh, we gotta drop this on them right here. Y'all ain't ready for this. Y'all ain't ready for none of this. Your boy's a bad man. Then when you're in the streets, make them clap a rapper's skirt. They be dropping the heat. Shock the world, now I'm standing alone. I flip fools like them clamshell cellular phones You can't help but nod your head to the track Fuck the water down rap, we be taking it back Give it to me straight, ain't no chasing it Check yourself in the mirror, ain't no facing it Cause you playing the role 
Alright, we are back live right here on Sunday Night Showdown. Matchup in progress as we speak. Piggy James taking on Michelle McCool. Piggy I say James! You said Piggy. I'm sorry. I'm so used to Michelle McCool calling her Piggy James. Piggy Thicky Mickey. Piggy Viggy. You know what? This little piggy came to the match. This little piggy's on the outside. But this little piggy is about to kick Michelle McCool's ass and become the women's champion. You know, it's funny because... Right before this match, they showed that that video that uh, that Piggy James uh, skit thing that they did, and what surprised me at Survivor Series and what surprised me tonight even more was that Mickey James wasn't out for absolute blood when it came to Michelle McCool, just running down to the sprinting down to the ring, ready to rip Michelle McCool's head off, and I think they've they've done this this angle poorly in the last couple of months where. 
I mean, if, if Mickey's going to be insulted that badly and is not really trying to get that much revenge, then how serious is she, is she really taking it? But, of course, uh, just a few minutes ago, the announcers were talking about how can Michelle McCool uh, hold up all that weight that she's having to deal with? I mean, Mickey James is maybe 10 pounds heavier than any other woman in the in the company, but just the announcers perpetuating that, that angle is just uh, is silly to me. Well, you know what? Regardless, whether Mickey James wins this match tonight, doesn't matter. She's got a, a country music record that she's working on. That's it's possible. Bomb. It's possible that we could see Michelle McCool go over and some sort of injury angle play out. Michelle McTaker, you mean? Yeah, Michelle McTaker. Yeah. Uh, may possibly beat Piggy James. But you know what? I think Mickey takes this tonight. Quick roll up. Two and a half. And I, I, I kind of fear the state of, of uh, Andy Knowles if Mickey doesn't win this title tonight. I, I'm kind of scared. And Why should she win it, though? What has she done that she should win it? Well, you know, she was the champion on Raw, and they took it off her just so they could... They took it off her or someone beat her for it? They took the belt off her by having someone beat her for it in Jillian Hall, and then two minutes later, Melina came down to the ring and beat... Jillian for that championship. What's that say about Mickey James if she gets beat by Jillian Hall in about two seconds? Why isn't it Jillian Hall in the ring right now? I mean, she's a little bit big for a diva. Jillian Hall's on the Raw brand, and this is the SmackDown championship. And that was the whole purpose. They wanted to get the belt off Mickey so that they could transfer her over to SmackDown in a trade and bring Molina back over in a trade and put that title on her. It was just kind of brilliant the way they did it, but I really think that Mickey is going to go over Michelle McTaker. Dave, you've got me saying that now. Fuck you. <laughs> I got a quick question about the EFED, by the way. When uh, when uh, the Dogs Den came out to the ring, why did uh, Mickey James not accompany Andy Knowles uh, as his valet? Because it's kind of hard to have when you have a three-on-three. Three, you oh. can't really add oh, another okay. person to the mix. He's lying to you. I kicked the shit out of her in the back before the match. That's the real story. When are we going to see Harmony premiere in the women's division of the WrestleVue Fed? When I get a women's division. When he finds some quality talent, and apparently there's not much out there. Yeah, there's not many women that want to be a part of the WrestleVue Fed, apparently. So All I have is Harmony, and I could just debut her as the champion, and she'd never lose. Well, just get Dusty Adonis. But I'll never lose it anyway. So, I mean, realistically, whether you put it on me now or whether I beat someone for it, I'm not losing it. Wow. Could you imagine Harmony do, uh, with a clean run of all the Divas in Raw vs. SmackDown 2010? I could see that happening. Totally! In, in it, a, a challenge, a special challenge match every, every Cyberstar show, can Harmony beat every Diva on the roster? Well, there is one person on that roster that I think could take you. For that comment, I just baked Christmas baking upstairs. You're more than welcome to whatever you like. <laughs> Thank you, Harmony. I mean, you know, we could relive some old oh. matches between you and Natalia. Michelle McCool defeats Mickey James after after uh, Layla gets involved with the distraction, and Michelle is still your your uh, WWE Women's Champion currently, uh, and Mickey James will have to wait a little longer. What's up with Layla? It's like she's property of Michelle McCool now. She's in, she's the uh, Shannon Moore equivalent to Matt Hardy. So if if she's if she's property of Michelle McCool, does 
that mean the Undertaker bangs Layla too? I mean, if Michelle McCool gets to. I'm not privy of what Mickey goes James on in the locker room there. <laughs> Michelle McCool kicks Layla off the top of the top rope, and then a quick boot to the head, knocking out Mickey James, and Michelle is still the champ. And you would think, I think a lot of people would be surprised by this result, just like they would be surprised about Christian hanging on tonight, where the the underdog who's worked really hard and seems to divert, deserve the chance still doesn't win the championship. And the, the long-term champion retains the championship belt. I am not surprised, Dave. Why do you keep saying I'm going to be surprised? Well, I keep people being in correct general. in my predictions. Call the paramedics. Andy just had a heart attack. That's right. New York. It's busy. Uh, Mike we, Siciliano might, might be doing the Pro Wrestling <laughs> Rewind by himself from now on. we got to get Andy back on the show, even for a, a short interview segment. I mean, the show that he did with us, that three-hour show, I think June or July... Boy, we had fun that night. I can imagine what his cell phone bill was like, uh, long-distance charges. I think Wogglepum says it best, and I said that right, Wogglepums in the chat room says it best. Our condolences <laughs> go out name, to Andy. Dude. Our Absolutely. thoughts and prayers are with Andy Knowles right now. Oh, looks like we're setting up right now well, for the tables match between Sheamus and WWE champion John Cena. And, of course, I, I'm choosing Sheamus to go over tonight. Probably with help from Carlito or somebody in the back. I think we see another new champion crowned. Really? I do. I don't think it's going to be a long-term championship run. I think it could be uh, akin, and I said this on Thursday night, could be akin to the King of the Ring in, uh, what, 98, when Steve Austin and Kane had a first blood match when The Undertaker interfered, hit Austin with the chair, busted him open, and Kane walked out, the new WWF champion, the next night on Raw, he lost that championship back to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because uh, we already know the spoilers for the tribute to the troops. Chris Jericho will actually get a title shot against John Cena at the tribute to the troops. So either way, he should have that title back regardless. But I think Sheamus goes over tonight. I didn't put any rum in the eggnog. Did, did you add some? Cause I didn't drink any eggnog. You drank something because you're not making sense here. You're... you're Speaking drunk talk. Am I speaking in tongues? Crazy talk. Why, why is that crazy talk? Enlighten us. Let me know why you think that's crazy talk. Why that couldn't happen when they're in a position right now of building new stars. Yes. What better way to hot shot a guy into being a star? Put the title on him. Granted, once it, he loses the championship, he's going back to the mid-card, but he's still a star that they've built. How am I wrong in that prediction? Why do you think that I'm crazy? Explain that to me, please. Well, because you're betting against John Cena, for one, and I mean, that just makes you crazy right there. But I, I hear your point with building the new stars, and I agree they are building the new stars, but I think that they built this with Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre was a new star that went over tonight. I don't think it's going to be Sheamus. I think they're going to keep the belt on Cena for now, and I think they're going to have Sheamus chase it for a little bit and then put Sheamus over. I don't agree. I say Sheamus goes over to Neat. I say you're senile and delusional. What, I'm Vince McMahon Me? now? I don't know. I I just think that Sheamus goes over. I, I've i been wrong before. Hell, I've been wrong on this pay-per-view so far. It just makes sense. I think you just hate John Cena so much that you just want him to win. you do with logic? I think it's someone new against Cena, they're winning. 
We can only hope. Yes, we all know my hatred for John Cena. But I will, I will give him credit. I, I am able to give him credit where it's due. I think John Cena has come a long way, and he's gotten a lot better in the last couple years. Are you recording this? But I still don't like the fucker, okay? Nobody said you had to like him. But I, I do respect what he has been able to pull off. I just don't like the way he's booked. I do not like the way they make him out this invincible champion, this invincible superstar that nobody can beat. <laughs> Hell, he can get choke slammed through a fucking lighting rig that would kill any normal person. But hey, the next night on Raw, he shows up, staggering or not, like nothing happened. That is what kills me about John Cena. And that's what a lot of people in the internet wrestling community have a problem with, is no, that he is Kal-El. That's what you miss about the late 80s, early 90s, when you watched wrestling We're back on and you this believed again? in Hulk Hogan. I did believe back in Hulk Hogan and when I was a child. Yes. Yes, I did. You did. And that's where they're going with John Cena, except... You're old now, and so you can't believe that people can overcome the obstacles, and the ultimate good will prevail over the ultimate evil. I'm in my 30s. I am not old. That's old. When yeah. you're still in your 20s. When does she turn 30, by the way? January. Never. January? January. Never. This will finally be over. Never. With. It'll never be older, over because you guys are still going to be ancient. And you're going to be 30, so it's all good. No, no. I am going to, to the celebrate the anniversary of my 29th birthday. Yes. I just did that uh, here earlier this week. I just, uh, 33 this past week. And uh, thanks very much to uh, to uh, Tyson Kidd, who shot me a, a birthday message on uh, Facebook. So, Tyson, we know you're listening. So, thank you very much for... Uh, He's not listening. He's watching the pay-per-view. Well, he'll be listening to the archive. And uh, thanks very much for uh, for that. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully you guys will be in this neck of the woods uh, for another WWE show here uh, sometime, sometime soon. We'll have to wait and see. I swear. I I can't wait for her to turn 30. I just, I cannot oh, fucking Me wait. neither. I will never turn 30. Yeah, well, in January you will be turning 30, I will my die dear. before I turn 30. And she will turn 30 right around the time the Royal Rumble comes to fruition. We might even have your 30th birthday party live on the air just so I can Royal get Rumble. you. Just so I can get you an over the hill thing. Welcome to the club. I'm only 35 by the way. I'm not Which ancient yet. Way older than me. I'm 33 and proud of it. See if anybody gets that reference. Um on a birthday note before we go any further, on a birthday note, I want to wish one of our uh, VIP members, Vetley Torgerson, who actually is going to be a new character in the EFED. He'll be making his debut on Cyberstars. Uh, I want to wish him a very happy birthday to Vetli Torgerson from Norway. So happy birthday. We need see, we need Lexi for this. She'd be dancing and dun, Cena, Cena, Cena. Well, go get dun. her. We'll bring her on I'll the show. I'll just do it for myself. Dun, dun, well, why don't you do dun. that? Go get her. We'll bring her on the show. Dun, you know what? Dun, dun, dun. When I was recording earlier, I actually did, did a little uh, messing around. And she actually grabbed one of the microphones, stood up on the couch, and started singing. So I had to record it. I, I just, I had to. She started, it was like three different songs that she merged together. It's quite <laughs> awesome, to be honest. Uh, instant message from the chat. And chatters, please feel free to instant message uh, Sunday Night Showdown or JJ Sexay, and we'll take your questions live on the air. Of course, you can also uh, email us, Sunday Night Showdown at yahoo.ca. And don't forget, the archive will be available probably 
l- late tonight, first thing tomorrow Tomorrow, morning. I would say. Tomorrow yeah. will be up. Uh, Scotty Poindexter, multitasking here. For the E-Fed, would it, would it be possible to send you my women creative wrestlers for the women's division? I don't have a 360, but I can send the formula movesets and entrance theme. So if Harmony wants some challengers, Scotty Poindexter's uh, created some female wrestlers for her to challenge. And, and Harmony never backs down from a challenge. <laughs> sure, send them to me, Scotty. That's fine. I might make a few female wrestlers just so Harmony can uh, get off my back and get in the ring. <laughs> I guess she'll never really get off my back, but, you know. Do I look like I'm on your back? Well, not currently, but that's another story for another time. So what do you think, Dave? you think Cena goes over clean in this, or do you think Sheamus well, might well, actually have a chance? <laughs> How do you go over clean in a tables match? But You uh, put somebody through a fucking table. Well, once cleanly. A, once again. Yes, cleanly. You spray it with Lysol first. <laughs> and, and wipes. You make sure you get some uh, disinfectant wipe, wipe off the table, and then you put somebody through the table. Then they've gone through the table clean. Once again, you don't need even really need a referee for this match as long as... I mean, once again, this is something that TNA has completely over-gimmicked in the past, where referees' backs were turned and, and things didn't count, even though everybody else in the audience saw it. So, Listen to the crowd scream when he takes his shirt off. I'm just saying, the crowd's totally into this match. Imagine what kind of reaction Shawn Michaels is going to get in that main event in San Antonio. When he takes his shirt off? It's Shawn Michaels, he's like 93. No, just the hometown guy. But he doesn't have to take his shirt off to get that reaction, Dave, is our point. But I, I, I think a couple The music of, hits and the people go apeshit crazy. I think a couple of tables are going to be uh, used that aren't going to be involved, involved in the pin. If you recall any matches with Rhino and, and Team 3D, you don't have to uh, <laughs> be put through a table to go through a table because there could be some accidental tables used at this point. As Obviously, uh, even though they've been in the southern United States for a while... Seamus hasn't really developed much of a tan since uh, since they've been there yet. Let's not forget, I have a fondness for tables matches. Uh, as memory serves me correctly, a couple of years ago, I took a superstar to a championship in Stampede Wrestling. The North American Championship changed hands as Chris Steele was crowned the North American Champion because he suplexed Ravenous Randy Myers through a table. Let's not forget that, Internet Dave. Are you going to hold on to that memory forever? Absolutely, I am. Right now, WWE Legends, the art of the manager, is on WWE 24-7 this month. Got a chance to uh, take a look at it. Very, very well done. Recalling some of the greatest managers in the history of professional wrestling, no matter what company they were. And, of course, the the consensus was Bobby the Brain Heenan, number one, no question about it. And that it is a really lost art and that it should be brought back. I mean, really, the last one you could... you could really quote would be Armando Alejandro Estrada. Well, and I'm glad you brought up Bobby Heenan because uh, there was a report that Heenan was hospitalized due to uh, an infection. He actually had some work done on his jaw, and the doctors found an infection, and so he is recovering, and I wish Bobby Heenan the very best. A great guy. I had a chance to speak with Bobby Heenan back in 2005, um, through another radio program called uh, BWR. I don't know if that program is still around. But uh, I did interview Bobby Heenan back then, and he was such a great guy to talk to, and uh, I definitely wish him the best and hope he recovers because it would sadden me greatly if Bobby Heenan was to pass on. 
Well, it's funny because WrestleView seems has a basically a Bobby Heenan quote of the day that rotates every day. So that's a, that's certainly a great tribute. And but you obviously know what? he offered quite a, a, enough of them so that they don't repeat themselves. Well, exactly. I mean, he's got millions of those quotes. When you think back to everything Bobby Heenan's done, I mean, literally, he's got more quotes out there than anybody else in the wrestling business. So absolutely they've got a quote from Bobby Heenan almost every day. The only guy that's even close to that is Jerry Lawler, but Bobby Heenan beats him by a landslide. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, well, either one of them is bleeding or or Seamus' uh, red hair dye is, is uh, all over his uh, chest right now. Wow. But, uh, Cena seems to be suffering right now. And, and guys, i got to tell you, I mean, even with Cena, in, you, you can see similar to Batista where those little... Uh, veins are, are really protruding through the top of his skin. I'm not accusing him of anything, but I mean, when you look when it looks like a Steiner and talks like a Steiner, you never know what it might be. You know the funny thing about this match with Sheamus? He's so white that if he gets a bruise, it's going to show up immediately. Like every little abrasion he gets, you can tell from a mile away. As John Cena setting up the table on the outside, Sheamus laying right in front of the steel steps, hurting John Cena, attempting at this point in time to possibly put Sheamus through this table. Ain't going to happen. We'll have to see this set up for later. Surprised as to how early we're seeing this in the, in the, uh, in the match. This is the fourth of seven matches. We still have Taker, Batista, Orton, Kingston, and Jericho DX to come. Cena goes up to the top. Looks like he's going to go for his uh, patented fame from the top rope. On to Sheamus, who's laying prone on the table. As he gets up, Sheamus getting up out of the way at the last second. John Cena off the turnbuckle, comes back down. That would have been the finish right there. It would have been, but there's no way. Too early. Oh, I think so, definitely. But, yeah, surprised to see this this early in the contest. Or Obviously, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton have something planned. Sheamus coming back now. When we were talking about our Royal Rumble picks, our, our uh, seven-week countdown officially beginning tonight, a lot of people had Kofi Kingston as their early pick for uh, WrestleMania or for the Royal Rumble 2010. I would say no to that only because he's had too much success in the last three or four months, and and he he wouldn't need a further build to that. I I tell you, as far as Kofi Kingston going into WrestleMania, I don't think he's going to win. The Rumble, although he could be a good candidate, I think he'll be one of the last few members in the Rumble. Possibly, it could come down to she- to not Sheamus. It could come down to Morrison and Kofi as the last two. I think you're going to see some new stars really do well in that match. But I think Morrison goes over. I think Kofi, as far as his uh, WrestleMania moment for this year, I think there's a possibility that he might be able to face Shawn Michaels this year. I think Kofi is going to be a good pick in the Jobber Royal Rumble pick lottery. Sheamus? Not Sheamus. Kofi. In the jo- no, Kofi. no, no, no. What is no, the no. Jobber oh, yes. Royal Rumble? Oh yes, it's the it's the group of people who there's no chance in hell of them winning the Royal Rumble. Whoever I- can last the longest. But it has to you be a jobber. You put money in on that Kofi, Kofi's not a jobber anymore. You Kofi don't is, have to be a jobber. Well, Remember when I put my money down on the Miz and I almost fucking won and Miz had been 
winning a streak up until then? Now, a jobber at that point. Okay, because the annual contest that we forgot about last year that I'll for, I won't forget about this year is well, we always had a contest where we'd each randomly pick a few numbers and track our individual guys to see how they do. Plus, we had a who would last the longest, uh, who would last the longest, and who would have the most eliminations. And that's always the contest we did, and hopefully it, for I our first... I participated in that, so I don't know who forgot it, because... Well, um, last year? We didn't do anything last... We didn't do a contest last year. We didn't, but they did at Bottoms Up. Oh, well, yeah, you might have been... Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's right. We've you, always participated in, or at least I did. Yeah, you were in with the, uh, the, with the, <laughs> well, yeah, with the with job people. crew, with the job squad. You know, Aaron and Omar and all the other guys. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it it should be a very interesting show, the Royal Rumble 2010, and it could be the most unpredictable Rumble we've ever seen, and I that's why it makes it very positive for surprises? me. Well, you know what? I'd really like. We'll have to talk to the shark and see what he can pull off because I'd really like to have some sort of contest for maybe the first 30 chatters. No, I mean for the Royal Rumble to, to see to see the what Royal happens. Rumble. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said prizes. No, surprises. Like remember when the when the Royal Rumble, you know, about ten years ago, when I was only about ten, um, the Royal Rumble always told or always said about twenty six, twenty five of the of the people that were going to be in the Rumble, and the rest were up for surprise. They don't do that anymore. Well, they did it last year. I remember that. We only had about 25, 26 spots open when the when the broadcast started last year. But who was the surprise? Like, I don't remember. Oh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. A, no, I'm talking big surprise. Like, when WC, <laughs> I don't think there was. When WCW went under and Mr. Perfect and Goldust and oh, yeah. one or two other people made their, their the, debut the there that we had no idea. Well, the Godfather um, came back and... Uh, Drew Carey's made his his surprise known there. You know, we, we used to always see that in the past, and we don't anymore. What I remember about the Drew Carey Royal Rumble is when uh, the Hardys uh, knocked each other out, so so uh, Drew was the only one left in the ring, and uh, Kane came down to the ring next. That was, that was a very my, funny moment. My favorite moment was when... Um, what the heck is that dude's name? <laughs> I don't know. Scott loves him. He went to be a... Um, an actor in Hollywood. Um, Muhammad Hassan. Yes, Muhammad Hassan. When he came to the ring and everybody just like stopped what they were doing, looked at each other, and then everybody ganged up on him. I that miss, was great. I miss uh, uh, Muhammad Hassan. I thought it was a great gimmick. I thought that kid was really, really doing a good job getting that gimmick over. I, I liked his in-ring prowess. I miss his theme music. Have a bad timing for that gimmick. I'm sorry. Well, it wasn't bad timing. It was just a stupid thing that they did when they moved into the SmackDown roster. And then, you know, they had the terrorist attacks. And rather than go and edit the show and not air it on TV, they did it anyway after those terrorist bombings in London. And then everybody wanted an end for that character, and that's that's why he was pretty much dead. You know what? They should have never moved him over to the SmackDown brand, honestly. It, it had nothing to do with the London thing, though. It was completely, completely insensitive, At no matter whether that had happened or not. I'm sorry, but, I mean, you may have been in Canada for the past couple of years, but you are an American, and Americans are still very, very touchy on that stuff. 
Yes, but the reason it ties in with the London bombings in, uh, what, 2005 was because they had these terrorist guys come down and, and beat up on The Undertaker. And then, you know, I guess when they taped it on the Tuesday, like following right after that, they had the bombings in London. And rather than edit the show for Thursday and not air that segment, they did it anyway. And there was a huge backlash, and that's why they did it. But they never should have had it there to begin with. London bombings or no London bombings? They should have never had the guys in masks, the terrorists, come down and do anything. Other than that, Mohammed Hassan was fine because he wasn't an actual Arab terrorist. He was an Arab American who was discriminated against. And that was the perfect gimmick for him. Exactly. And that's my point. I I agree. The terrorism thing should have never happened. And that's when they killed that character. And it's sad because I think he could have been a big star in that company. I mean, he had the heat that the Iron Sheik had back in the early 80s. And it's just sad that that gimmick never really got any major ground before they canned it. Uh, just some talk from the chat that uh, Rob Van Dam was the big surprise at the at the Rum- Royal Rumble last year. Yeah, his one-night-only appearance back at the Rumble. And rumors are circulating that he might actually be going to TNA. Hogan is talking about he wants to bring in Rob Van Dam. And we'll talk about this Hogan thing for a second because he's all over the place. He says that he is the uh, executive creative director now of TNA. Oh, God. All all WWE needs to do, seriously, if they don't want TNA to to go up in the ratings at all, all they need to do is hire all the old guys that can't walk anymore, hire them back to WWE, you know, keep them around, give them a paycheck so they can't go to TNA, and they're fine. Well, like I was saying, uh, he supposedly thinks that on January 4th, when they go head-to-head on Monday night with WWE, that they're going to draw this huge three-point-something rating. Ain't going to happen. Are they going to have a rating? Yes. They will pop the rating. But it's not going to be anything higher. Sheamus has John Cena as he looks like he's going to run through the table. Cena with a roll-up going into a uh, going for the STF. Sheamus kicks him off. Very nice series of moves there. Um, I think it's going to draw a rating because people are going to be interested to see what goes on with Hogan and TNA, especially that first hour. And but it'll it, be the best rating that TNA's ever drawn. It'll go at, two, at least a 2.6, if not a 2.8. the first hour. I, th- I think it'll go at 2 point something, but not, it will not get anywhere near the numbers he's thinking he's going to get. It'll do, it'll do a high three that first, because they're going three hours, right? So the first hour is not against WWE, the second two hours that are. A high three and an overall average of 2.6. Mm-hmm. I respectfully disagree, and I think Mr. Golden would di- respectfully disagree with that also. Okay, at what point did I say it was getting a high three? I said it's never going to get that high. I did. I it's don't. Gonna, the, hour that's did right not, the hour that it's not going against WWE, it's going to. And you can disagree all you want, and Mr. Golden, who is not on my show to dispute this with me right now, can disagree with it all. That he wants, too. But currently, you're on the show, you're on the show, and you can both disagree with me all you want. I can have my opinion. And you're entitled to your opinion. I just don't think it's going to go 3.0 for them. I just don't. People will be interested to see what Hogan has to say, but I honestly don't think that (laughs) it's really going to do anything. I know he wants to bring in guys like Rob Van Dam. He's got a whole list of guys that he's saying he wants to bring in. I'm... 
it's going to draw that first one because people are going to tune in out of curiosity. And if they're running an hour that's not head-to-head with WWE, it will draw high ratings for that one hour. It's going to draw decent ratings for the for the remainder of it because people are going to be flipping back and forth. Dave, you've already said you're going to do that. Jeff, I know you're going to do that, which means I'm going to have to do that. And people are going to do it the first time to see what the buzz is, to see what Hulk Hogan's going to do. It's not going to stay that way. It's also against the Fiesta Bowl uh, that could make a big difference as well. Like I said, it's going to pop a rating. I'm not disagreeing that. But he's not going to triple the ratings. It's not going to fucking happen. Not for a one show. If he does, I would be greatly surprised. And if he does, I'm all for him moving their show to Monday night and trying to compete with the WWE. It's not going to happen. But sadly, that's what's going to happen. It's going to pop a rating. They're going to give them a Monday night show and say, Oh, look, you got this huge rating. This is what happened with WCW. You're going to keep drawing those ratings, and that's the last time they're going to draw that high rating. Maybe when she turns 30, her brain will have actually activated, because that, that's just Dave, do you asinine. want to stay in my fucking house right now? <laughs> Latino718 says it'll average no, 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 a 2.0. No no no, 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 you can back up a second here. You're in my house. You're disrespecting me. It's one Damn. thing if you disagree with me. It's one thing if you're joking around with me. I am joking. Don't, no, that, that, that didn't sound joking at all. It was a joke. It wasn't joking. Respect me in my fucking house or get out of my fucking house. All right. Very well. But I, I do disagree with, uh, you with, can disagree with those numbers. You all you want, and I respect that you respectfully disagree with me. All right. But to, but to call my opinion asinine, that's not respectfully disagreeing. Okay, Harmony, I understand. Cena's got Seamus on the top rope with a, with a table right in the middle of the ring looking for a, a suplex, but the ropes are shaking... Cena goes through the table, but but Sheamus Sheamus goes backwards. Sheamus wins. I told you Sheamus was going to win the title tonight. No, 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 no. He won. They're fucking playing his music. He just said new WWE champion Sheamus, ladies and gentlemen. I fucking called it. I fucking told all of you Sheamus was going over in this match. And by God, I was fucking vindicated. We got to see a replay because Sheamus falls backwards onto the floor. And... Michael Cole's stunned. The crowd's stunned. The chat room's stunned. Everybody is stunned. We need to see a replay from a, a different camera angle because I think Cena might make an argument that that uh, they fell together and and that it, he wasn't really pushed into the into the table. But right now, right now, Cena's the champ. Shayna, excuse me, Sheamus. Sheamus is the champ. Could we see a 24-hour Kane turnaround? Like we did at King of the Ring 1999. That happens tomorrow. I told you so. Well, yeah, like you said, Cena's defending the championship at the uh, at the uh, Tribute to the Troops event in, what, two weeks oh, on NBC? They've, they've done it in the past where it hasn't corresponded with the current storyline. But... How long has he been in... The, for you! How long has he been in the company? Uh, about six, seven months now. So, so could this break the record of Brock Lesnar for fastest champion? Absolutely it can. Wow. Yeah. Can, if someone can figure that out in the chat room, that would be great. Obviously, Randy Orton was the youngest champion, but Sheamus could be the fastest champion breaking Brock Lesnar's record. Kudos did to Sheamus. Did Sheamus not say that he was not going to lose a match for the remaining year, or was that... Uh, that, that was Jack Swagger. Kid. That Jack. was Swagger, yeah. Yeah. That was Swagger. But, uh, yeah, I told you this was going to happen. Granted, he probably will lose it tomorrow night on Raw, 
But for the interim, Sheamus is your new WWE champion. I told you, fuckers. You did. And I told you, fuckers, that it's going <laughs> to pop a rating on TNA. <laughs> and we will see. First. We will see. It will pop a rating, but not a 3.0. You see all the... Yeah, it, not a 3... 3.0. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, all these kids with the Never Give Up C-Nation shirts, they're just flashing all these kids in the crowd, and they're all shocked right now. They can't... They don't know what to believe. Well, it's quite possible, too, that Sheamus was not supposed to win and was supposed to go through that other table... But the table didn't break, so if the table doesn't break, they've got to award him as the champion. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that have been a heck of a way to do it, where each of them fall into a different table and the match continues? Sheamus debuted on June 30th, thanks to C.J. Bowman. So he's been in the company about five and a half months. So that's got to break uh, Brock Lesnar's record. Lesnar's was, Lesnar was six months, wasn't he? I would th- seven eight is what I'm thinking. Um, actually, let me see. Lesnar debuted with the company. In 2002, he debuted the night after WrestleMania on Raw, and he won the championship at SummerSlam against The Rock. How do you know this shit? Because I keep up with my wrestling history. I've got a fucking brain with nothing but wrestling history in my fucking head. So when when did he premiere? Like he, yeah, he beat The, the Rock night, at SummerSlam. The nights after the WrestleMania in 2002. So that'd be about five and a half months. Wow. It would be like four months. Well, April, like early April, April to, to, to late August. Would be because he won the King months. of the Ring, beating Rob Van Dam in the final. That I, that was a good match. Four and a half months, so I guess that does not break the record based on that uh, on that record keeping that, that you have in your head there, as you just said. But John Cena well, disgusted as he uh, gets up on his own accord. Okay, he see, has lost the championship. Sheamus is your new WWE champion. I wish the kids would stop crying and get over it. CJ Bowman in the chat. CJ Bowman in the chat. March eighteenth, two thousand and two. So that would be five months. And Sheamus was five and a half months. So it's it's very very close. As uh, tribute to the troops is this Saturday. So I'm sorry not to spoil it here for you, but I'm going to have to. Cena faces Jericho for the belt, so you have to assume that Cena gets the belt back tomorrow night. They've done it in the past, Dave, where things have happened. I mean, they taped this a couple of months before it aired. Things have happened, have happened in the past that have changed what had happened on there. I mean, what happens if Chris Jericho or John Cena had, or let's just say, for example, that John Cena had failed a wellness test before the this, and he was suspended. I mean, it's things happen. It's no, it, it doesn't follow storyline. And we'll talk more about this after the break. We're going to take our next commercial break of the evening. You're listening to Sunday Night Showdown as we cover TLC tables, ladders, and chairs. We'll be right back, right here on WrestleView. Grandpa got run over by a John Beer. 
John Deere, I believe. He's been a guzzling old Jack Daniels and smoking that wacky weed. He mixed it with his medication and run off with some bleach boy named Bernie. When we found him Christmas morning, we thought he'd had a heart attack. But he had tar prints on his forehead and incriminating hickeys on his neck. On his what? Grandpa got runned over by a John Deere walking home from the most large Christmas Eve. Now you can say there's no such thing as Santa but after suing John Deere, I believe Now we're all ashamed of Grandpa He took Grandma's death too well I started watching porno movies And engaging in phone sex with Cousin Nail It's a better Christmas without Grandpa Last year in church he moved the choir First we thought it was Alzheimer's, but looking back we realized he was wired. Grandpa got runned over by a John Deere, walking home from the Moose Lodge Christmas Eve. Now you can say there's no such thing as Santa, but after suing John Deere, I believe. Yeah, I filed myself a lawsuit. And they awarded me two meals. Yeah, I'm rich. You know Grandpa didn't leave me nothing. But thanks to that old John Deere, he got killed. Aww. So funny, all my friends and neighbors turned up on the grand jury. <laughs> I bribed them just like Johnny Cockrell did when they said O.J. Simpson free. Grandpa got runned over by a John Deere Walking home from the Moose Lodge Christmas Eve Now you can say there's no such thing as Santa But after suing John Deere, I believe Grandpa got runned over by a Walking home from the Moose Lodge Christmas Eve Now you can say there's no such thing as Santa
and welcome back to your live pay-per-view coverage as we're bringing you results from WWE's TLC pay-per-view right here on Sunday Night Showdown, live and exclusively on the WrestleView Radio Network. Right now we're setting up for the entrance of the dead man, the Undertaker, making his way down to the ring. Batista already in the ring for what uh, this match is called a chairs match, which is a first. I've never in my life heard of a chairs match. I'm still trying to figure out the specifics for how this match actually works. I'm just assuming that maybe they should have chairs set up in all four corners of the ring, and the first person to sit in all four chairs wins the match, but apparently that's not how it's <laughs> going to go down. Maybe we should actually have a chair suspended above the ring, and you have to climb a ladder to grab the chair. Or maybe the chair should just sit in the middle of the ring, and whoever gets to the chair first can sit in the chair and win the match. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, this basically means that in a chair match, the chair is legal, and you can use it as much as you want. Does that mean that other objects are legal as well? There really is no telling, but again, welcome back to Sunday Night Showdown. Internet Dave, I know you got something on your mind, well, so spew what you need to say. Well, I, just a couple of things. I think I'm noticing a trend when it comes to our, uh, our, our comeback music, which is classic themes of wrestlers who were in WWE, left, and then came back. Because we had Christian's old music, and we had uh, Goldust's old music, so... We'll see what uh, what happens for, for our next break. Uh, we also in Smiley's music, and uh, he actually is a trainer over in FCW. So maybe you're right, Dave. Maybe that's exactly what I'm going for here on the show. Norman Smiley, in fact. And the Big Wiggle is in the game. The big SmackDown <laughs> versus Raw 2010. <laughs> Believe it or not, the Big Wiggle is in the game. And the Undertaker is the one that uses it. All right, just some quick math about the, the quickest champion from career premiere to uh, to championship belt. We got Brock Lesnar March 18th to August 25th which is five months and seven days. Sheamus is June 30th to today, December 13th, which is five months and 13 days. So if my math is correct because I can't do the number of days between those periods in my head that quickly, I would say Brock Lesnar retains the record by about five to six days. Now as we saw during the break the, the guys uh, on the commentary booth were talking about how maybe Cena lost his balance and then how Sheamus didn't really push him through the table. But at the same time, Sheamus was the one that walked out with the championship belt earlier tonight. I'm just wondering if in this match, if, say, Batista grabs the ring bell and hits the Undertaker upside the head, would that be a disqualification because it's not a, uh, a ring bell match? Or would that still be considered legal... In a chairs match. I mean, these are things I need to know. We have tables, ladders, and chairs all around the ring. Is it possible that he could use anything around the ring and not get disqualified? Or is it just chairs only? Well, I'm confused. Chairs. I it need to know. anything match. Yeah, it would be a TLC match if it or was anything. It would or just an be goes match. Or it would be a, just a hardcore match, which is technically what this should be. Well, I guess chairs are the only thing legal because it's the TLC gimmick that we see tonight. But uh, Corelli got credit for saying that if it was the every chair in every corner match, it would be a musical chairs match, which makes perfect sense to me. But uh, someone else had the whoever puts their whoever breaks their hip last wins match because you could see that happening. Now we've got the, the announcement going on right now by the ring announcer. I'm looking forward to this match. I think that uh, 
The Undertaker will find a way to win. I know that there's speculation that Rey Mysterio could come down and interfere in this match and cause Batista a loss, but I think that regardless of whether that happens or not, I think Batista is going to walk out of this, not the champ. I think The Undertaker retains. Um, I, I think a lot of people are, are, would be surprised if The Undertaker lost this match because nobody would have picked Sheamus to defeat John Cena. So, I mean, we've seen both titles change hands unexpectedly in the, on the same night. But to me, I find this un, I find it unlikely. But, I mean, half the, half the work's already done. Could we have two new champions headed to uh, the Royal Rumble in seven weeks? I mean, a lot of people are talking that The Undertaker should drop the belt so that he can get it back at WrestleMania, and a lot of people are saying there's no way he's going to be the champion between now and, and I believe, what, March 30th. But stranger things have happened, so it should be very interesting to see what happens, but I think the result of this match will tell you exactly what the SmackDown title picture is going to look like between now and and uh, the first part of 2010. Well, I mean, it's absolutely possible that Sheamus could go on and carry that title into WrestleMania. It is possible. Stranger things have happened. And if they are setting up for the match that they're, that's rumored for WrestleMania this year, The Undertaker and John Cena, it would be obvious to me that neither one of these guys goes into the WrestleMania as a champion, which would make perfect sense why they took the title off of John Cena tonight. I still think he gets it back tomorrow night, and they play this up a little bit more. But regardless, if it is going to be Taker and John Cena, then no title should be involved. If it's not Taker and John Cena, I would love to see Taker and Jericho because I think that's a match we've never really seen. We saw it a couple times on SmackDown recently. They were testing the waters. And I think Jericho and The Undertaker at WrestleMania could steal the show quite possibly. Absolutely. I think really those are your only two scenarios for what The Undertaker does at WrestleMania 26. And either way, I'm going to say this now. It would be a mistake to book The Undertaker to lose at WrestleMania. You have got to let him continue out his legacy. When he retires, he should be completely undefeated at WrestleMania. It's the only thing he really has in this business to stake a reputation on. And to put John Cena over at a WrestleMania or Chris Jericho or anybody else for that matter, new star or whatever, I, I just think it's a bad idea. you got to have The Undertaker go strong. I think he should retire within the next couple of years. I know he wants to go 20-0, and 0, and I hope he can do it. But the bottom line is, putting The Undertaker in a match at WrestleMania and then having somebody beat him is just a bad idea. But John Cena is a guy I could see them doing that with. Don't want to see it happen. It, it's an interesting dilemma, but... Could you imagine how that crowd would react in Phoenix if Cena broke the Undertaker's streak? If I, you think he's hated now, yeah. let him go to WrestleMania and beat the Undertaker. People will fucking shit all over him. Like, he's hated only by you. No, he's hated by a lot of people, Harmony. A well, lot by, of people. By Carlito and the other Raw wrestlers. The boys in the back hate him. <laughs> the boys in the back. Yeah, that, that was kind of surprising to see Carlito come out. Uh, of course, if, if you'll recall, when Carlito made his premiere, he faced John Cena for the United States Championship on his opening night and won the championship belt. That's true. The United States title, he absolutely did. He did, and he was treated like a, a third-rate bitch 
this you know on on Raw where yeah. he was beaten that quickly. I mean, people tend to forget in 2004 that when Carlito debuted, he was a big deal, and he beat John Cena, who wasn't necessarily a big deal at the time, but he was getting to that level. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think it's going to be a case of John Cena basically asking Dennis Miller or Dennis Miller basically saying, you deserve another title shot because I don't like the way that match ended. And John Cena probably in another tables match facing Sheamus. And my prediction is that Sheamus would have the Kane 24-hour turnaround and Cena would win the title. But once again, just like Orlando Jordan in the United States Championship history books, Sheamus, no matter if if he uh, has a great career or retires tomorrow, can always tell his friends and family that even for a few hours he was the uh, the world heavyweight champion. You talking about Sheamus? Yes. I, you know what? I don't think that uh, it's going to be a fluke. I think Sheamus, regardless if he loses that title tomorrow night on Raw, I think Sheamus will have a decent run at some point with that title. And I think he is a huge superstar. I, I know that Harmony and I actually saw him quite a bit skinnier on the Vampiro. But just as pale. But very pale. There was uh, an independent show, and I can't think of the name of the... I'm sure that someone in the chat can uh, tell me what that was. I think it was like IW something, but uh, there was a fed in Ireland that Seamus O'Shaughnessy was with, and we saw this Vampiro biography where he wrestled Seamus at one of the shows. And Seamus, I thought, looked good then, but you can definitely tell that he's, uh, he's gotten on a program, you know, as the back knee would, would dictate. He's, uh, he's in good shape. <laughs> Irish whip wrestling, I think. That might have been it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I saw on his, uh, Seamus on his profile, so. Well, if Evan O'Brien is in the chat, I know he was earlier, I'm sure he can clear that up. Evan O'Brien, who actually, along with Seamus, is a champion in the WrestleView EFED. Uh, Patrick Hooligan and Evan O'Brien, the first ever WVCW Tag Team Champions, courtesy of that tables, ladders, and chairs match we had against, uh, the North American Exchange, Flair 16-time, and Shin Sensei at the Survivor Series pay-per-view. So congratulations to them. They're in good company as now Sheamus is the WWE champion. And so Batista's flipped over by the Undertaker and lands the uh, the edge of the the edge of the chair right on the small of the back of Batista. I mean, Ireland is slowly taking over. I'm telling you. Well, Doug was Doug Lackey in the chat room was saying. Uh, Tomorrow I'm doing nothing but eating Lucky Charms, drinking Guinness, and Shamrock Shakes in tribute to uh, to the Celtic Warrior. Well, yeah, so now we have two champions from Great Britain because uh, from Ireland is, uh, is, um, is Seamus and from Scotland is Drew McIntyre. And uh, Crowley's saying something in the chat room. I'm pretty sure I didn't say Evan O'Brien was the WWE champion. I'm not really sure where... He's getting that, but whatever, Crelly. It's one of those things. Don't forget, if you want to interact with us, uh, you can send us a private message. Go to bed, Crelly. Uh, through the rest. <laughs> it's like four o'clock in the morning. Go to bed. Through the rest of you chat room, of course. You can also send us an email Sunday at Showdown at Yahoo.ca, and we have our new website as well. So uh, subscribe to our RSS feed, and you can uh, get ev- updates every time we uh, send a, a new update to Sunday Night Showdown.com as well. We have, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, a a list of all the cities of all around the world where people have hit our website. So we uh, we thank 
everybody all over the world that uh, have joined us. A couple of people in Finland, uh, that fr- that uh, birthday gentleman from Norway, that he's also on the list, and of course all over uh, the United Kingdom. Yeah, I noticed you posted up a, a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of different places people listen to the show from, so that was kind of cool. It's a neat little function we've got going on Sunday Night Showdown. Yeah, so. from our uh, from our site counter. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool function. I'm gonna update that list every couple of weeks. So yeah, it's it's been it's been really amazing. It's just I mean everybody knows the internet's worldwide, and on Xbox Live you could be playing against somebody in Kenya and never even know it. But just the worldwide uh, way that we can get through to, to to fans is just amazing. I mean when we had Tenacious Snake and Corelli on at the same time. And the sound was like between the distance from you and I was through Skype. The distance between here and and England, it's just amazing to me how the technology's improved. And and like I said, you, <laughs> you may never be in the same room with the same person, but you can have a a good friend in England all all the time. It's just fantastic. It's funny you say that. I actually didn't even realize it, but I haven't even signed into the uh, into the Skype line tonight. I might have to do that here in a few minutes. I totally forgot about that. Which is probably why the program has been running so smoothly tonight, because no Skype. <laughs> well, I think you'll ha- I think you'll have to get out of the chat room before you join Skype, so that your computer doesn't explode. Yeah, probably, so, probably. But I'll keep you up to date. All right, let's just uh, run down what we've already seen. We're in the fifth of seven matches, and based on the schedule, I think Kofi Kingston and and uh, Randy Orton have something really amazing planned. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. Uh, for those of you wondering where the heck CM Punk was tonight. Apparently he lost a dark room, dark match, a dark room match, a dark match, to uh, to was get he at the local photo joint, one hour photo, and he lost a dark room match. <laughs> How does that work, Dave? Explain that to me. It was, it's kind of like a blindfold, but the entire room, but the entire room is uh, is black. Uh, lost our truth. Have we really seen the chair? I mean, he's got his uh, Undertaker's got his his uh, submission on right now. But, I mean, we really haven't seen too many chair shots to this point. But yeah, I don't, I don't even know why they called it a chair match, to be honest. It's like when they have a cage match and they don't use the cage anymore. That's true. I think it's just a step. You know, oh, it's a TLC pay-per-view. Uh, let's just make it a chairs match. Why not? It, it just sounds good. It, well, it could be- work. Just because you have a chairs match doesn't mean you have to use the chairs. It just means that you can use the chairs. Well, I mean, we, we were speaking of uh, stipulation pay-per-views earlier in the evening, and another example is uh, is the, the all-submission pay-per-view, which had a significant drop in pay-per-view buy rates compared to the everyday pay-per-view that it had last year. And so, I mean, bragging rights is, is one idea, TLC is another idea, and Hell in a Cell is another idea. But I think that all-submission pay-per-view... May uh, may have really come back to haunt them here. Jeff has pretty much already to watch nothing but submissions uh, to be that that gimmick's Undertaker. Maybe they are taking Jim Ross point in time. Another point: the Undertaker motioning for the choke slam. Batista slowed off his feet. Taker Armageddon 2008 last year. 193,000 pay-per-view buys, which I have to think based on the uh, increased a low blow as the reference. You have to think it's going to do a better 93,000 this time around. Well, yeah, I would have to think. So with a steel chair, the under on the ground looks like a chair. And he waylays the shaker, goes for the cover. Batista oh! and the new 
Heavyweight with a chair shot to the Undertaker. Really sold the low blow behind the referee's back. And we have another title. Very rare that both titles change hands in the same. But we've seen that. Obviously, the build between now and the, and the Rumble to Mania could be absolutely incredible. Just due to unexpected. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, Teddy Long is coming back down and saying this is not the way it's going to happen. Is this terrific? I have no idea. We better turn this up. They're restarting it. Even though uh, Teddy Long is helping out the guy he screwed over four months ago, which just further proves that that whole idea between Teddy Long and uh, Armstrong, the referee, was probably a gimmick they used all year. We'll talk about that in the year. But uh, chair shot to the bow of Tombstone. And do we have a three the other way? Yes, we do. Under two minutes after he lost it, gets it right back. So that's an interesting... I was almost for a second. Hey, Batista's going to take this title, but uh, Teddy Long come out. What did Batista do? Referee's back. Oh, so it's okay. Now, see, this is a controversial call. It's okay, for, but you can't use... Or you can't hit a... That the referee didn't see. That is so controversial. It wasn't a no-DQ match. At, it was a chair match only, and... Uh, <sighs> oh, I, I don't know. This is just too weird. Do you know, Dave? I don't know. Okay, I'm just... I, I really don't. I, I not real to think of what we've seen over the last five minutes. This is really mixed up. Unique pay-per-view that we've been... Some very interesting... Interesting things have happened. New champ and Drew McIntyre, the Intercontinental Champion. Sheamus O'Shaughnessy, the new WWE Champion. Obtaining after he lost the belt, Teddy Long reversing the decision, restarting the... Interesting, folks. We've had five consecutive championship matches to this point. We had two. Well, now we've had three retains and two uh, and title changes, as Drew McIntyre and Sheamus are the new champions. Only match of the evening. And once again, we haven't seen uh, CM Punk yet. So this would this would be about that time to do picks for the Rumble, and uh, I think depending build them up. CM is my pick. For the Russ. We don't need you either, Batista. Just letting you know, buddy. Great point for TBE. The uh, team misses three survivors from Survivor Series are all champions. Drew McIntyre, the Miz as the United States champion, and Shane. That's a, that's a quite bold statement. Survivor Series may go down as the where the rules come and everything got flipped up upside down. Guys did very, very well that night, and, and that could be the precipice to what we're going to see throughout 2010. Well, it's interesting. We're seeing the preview right now for the Royal Rumble. And, of course, John Cena, one of the main ones on the poster, leads me to believe that maybe he's not going to retain that title or regain that title tomorrow night on Raw. He could uh, have the title picture for right now until the Royal Rumble. should be interesting to see what happens. I don't, I don't think that confirms that, that Cena's guaranteed to be in that match. 
and not be challenging or or, re- or facing his title change again. But I have to admit what I've what I've been hearing between Matt Stryker and Jerry Lawler kind of going back and forth on each other has been actually very entertaining to this point. Well, you know, Matt Stryker when he's not overanalyzing things is a very good color commentator. I just get sick of his over analysis of everything. Well, speaking of uh, analysis, tell me about the guy from FCW that's been on uh, ECW the last few weeks and how how he's been making out. I think Byron Saxton is doing a wonderful job alongside with... uh, Oh, excuse me. um, Josh Matthews. I couldn't think of his name there for a second. I was like, uh, I almost said Grisham. But no, Josh Matthews and Byron Saxton seem to be gelling very well together. I have no problem with that pairing. I think they're doing a great job. And I think Byron Saxton, by far, is carrying podcast. Yeah, I think there's certain combinations that work well together and certain combinations that, that definitely don't. And, uh, I mean, Todd Grisham with with Matt Stryker, they seem to be regaining uh, on SmackDown whatever they lost when uh, when Stryker when Stryker was split up from, from Todd Grisham. The announced team of the year probably will be... Uh, and. Uh, and Stryker, excuse me, Jr. And, and Grisham tomorrow night. We'll have to wait and see if they even award that again this year. You mean uh, Jr. and Cole? Well, you no, keep, you Jr. Grisham. and Grisham. Oh, Jr. On, and Grisham on, on the SmackDown brand. I, I imagine they would get more votes from the fans than uh, than Jerry the King Lawler and uh, Michael Cole would. But that's just a prediction. But yeah, this has been a very hardcore feud to this point. They're showing the, the highlights of of CM or excuse me of. Kofi Kingston ruining the car that Randy Orton had. But, I mean, last year's Royal Rumble, we recall that Randy Orton won it largely due to the help of Legacy. I think we do not see that again this time. Could tonight be the start? Could tonight or the next seven weeks be the start of of the permanent breakup of Legacy? Obviously, DiBiase's DVD comes out next week or the week after, and nothing that his dad predicted six months ago has really come to fruition, but... I don't know. Does Legacy survive the next seven weeks? I, I, I kind of doubt it. Maybe, maybe tonight, maybe during that build-up, or maybe at the Rumble itself. Hey, Randy, I, uh, I saved your ass last year. I'm going to look out for myself this year on behalf of either Cody Rhodes or Ted DiBiase. I, you know, you could be right. I think that uh, DiBiase is going to do well on his own. Now we've got uh, Legacy coming up behind Kofi. Saying that they're not going to beat Kofi down. I still say Orton goes over tonight. I think that Orton has all the momentum in the world going into this match, and I think that he's going to uh, beat Kofi. Kofi's going to cool off for a little bit. More buzz around WrestleMania time. Yeah, I mean Kofi's been on the hottest streak of anybody, and if they kind of have a newcomer of 2009 award, he he certainly would be the the number one candidate, but. Everybody around has been basically pushed, finally slow down, and a, a lot of people are saying tonight's the night because Randy Orton has to uh, reestablish himself and start looking ahead because Orton can't challenge John Cena for the belt anymore, but he can damn well char- uh, start cha- trying to challenge But uh, inevitably he'll fall RKO of Randy Orton and possibly even catch a punt kick for, for good measure. Uh, Aaron Romeo and the Orton wouldn't surprise me very much. Enters the dressing room of, of Randy. That's pretty fucking bold. He's got Legacy behind him. He's got Orton in front of him. That's a bold statement right there. 
Well, d don't forget that uh, the January 4th, with uh, Mr. Hogan leading TF Broadcast, that that could affect, well, not could, will affect the ratings of DNet, which always is the hour before Raw, and obviously Mr. Cornette has come out this last couple of weeks and said that ROH is the future. There, 2010, and, and if you're tired of sports entertainment and you want some real wrestling, that's where you need to go. The Briscoe brothers had a uh, tryout here in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, they haven't signed anything to turn into, but ROH on HDNet is a, it's a positive program, and hopefully they're not too affected by uh, by losing probably three-quarters of their audience to uh, to TNA on January 4th. It should prove to be a very, very interesting night, and I know we're kind of the last ones to talk about it, Jeff, but it could be a historic night, positively or negatively. I mean, we've already talked about the ratings, but... TNA has to pull out all the stops, no matter how many stops. It's going to be interesting to see exactly what happens, but uh, I don't know. We'll have to see. But Well, speaking of Tatanka that we were speaking of earlier, he uh, he defeated Jay Lethal, Black Machismo, this past week, as, as Jay Lethal uh, is 0-2 against his fellow legends, as he used to call them, uh, gimmick. I don't know. It seems, it seems kind of counter counterculture for him to actually guys versus win against them and to make any loss possibly you know Hogan has made claims he wants to bring in the macho man I would love to see just to put this whole gimmick to rest I would love to see a legends match between macho man Andy Savage and Jay, and Jay Lethal get beaten by the macho man and the gimmick be over and Jay Lethal <laughs> can go back to being Jay Lethal the good wrestler that doesn't need the stupid macho gimmick. That's what needs to happen, and hopefully that's the seeds that they're planting. Macho Man back for one more match against Lee, just so they can end this horrendous thing. Now, I've, I've read reports that Macho Man is behind Jay Lethal, but I just have a hard time believing that he supports a guy that has completely ripped off his gimmick and trying to make a name for himself. <laughs> Although, I'll admit... Every time I think about Jay Lethal doing that gimmick, uh, I laugh because he, he can just pull out of his head about all these classic guys like, where's Andre? Where's the Warrior? I want to face them in a match. And oh, the, I mean, the guy's got it down pat. I mean, it's just, no matter if you like it or not, he, it's, uh, it's very well done. It's, it's hilarious. He does a good imitation. Second to, uh, like, second to mine, perhaps, but... He does a very good Macho Man impersonation. I'll give him that. You know, granted, I didn't parlay it into a gimmick that I'm making my money off of. That's true. Uh, Mr. V with a private message uh, thanking us for uh, acknowledging ROH. He is the official ROH uh, on Arch HDNet recapper for uh, WrestleView. So if you want to know what's going on in Ring of Honor, check out Mr. V every uh, Tuesday after the Monday night on WrestleView.com. Slow start up here as uh, Randy Orton has Kofi Kingston on the ground in a headlock. I think they're going to take this match very slowly and have a dramatic build toward the end. But like I said, Orton has to go over in this match, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Kofi's streak has to come to an end. I mean, there's certainly a point of uh, of putting new guys over because you have to think five to ten years down the road rather than five to ten minutes down the road like they used to. But... There has to be a limit to that, too. He can't just defeat 
everyone, every time. Of course, uh, we're about three weeks, but we're still looking ahead to our next pay-per-view, and that is next Sunday, December the 20th, as TNA hosts Final Resolution. I find it interesting on the front page of of TNAWrestling.com that Final Resolution doesn't even have a mention in their pay-per-view section, but there is a countdown clock, 21 days and 23 hours, to the January 4th Spike TV Impact broadcast. And like the guys were saying on uh, WNL this week on Thursday, basically they're just kind of treading water until January 4th, and Final Resolution is something that they have to get through rather than not uh, rather than not rather than trying looking forward to, and obviously it's going to be Christopher Daniels against AJ Styles in the uh, in the World Championship match, and of which course, I still don't understand. I don't understand how Christopher Daniels has ranked himself a number one contendership to the TNA World Heavyweight Championship against AJ Styles. Well, I would say it's because. He was in that three-way dance at the previous pay-per-view and was not the one pinned. So that kind of knocked Joey match. I would I would agree with that. Uh, but of course, Kurt Angle is going to be a little little busy with uh, Nigel McGuinness slash Desmond Wolf. Three degrees of pain in the six sides of steel cage match. I believe it's a regular match. Then submission is necessary. All within the uh, fines of that six sides of steel match. Absolutely. Kofi going for a near fall, but uh, referee calls it a two. And, of course, uh, the last man standing match between Bobby Lashley, newly of Strike Force, and Scott Steiner. I mean, Lashley's now in the second biggest. You have to think that he's going to have to go for a little bit further away from pro, from pro wrestling for a while just to uh, to be more focused on on mixed martial arts. Big drop kick by Randy Orton on the floor as as uh, Kofi Kingston came off the top rope towards the floor, but Randy Orton hit a very dramatic drop kick that sent Kofi flying in the other direction. Look at that! Oh, and beautiful replay! Right underneath his uh, left armpit, and you can hear the crowd react live and react to the replay as they're seeing it, seeing it live. Terra and ODB in the Knockouts title match. An eight-man elimination match between Team 3D, Rhino, and Jesse Neal against the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, Matt Morgan, Hernandez, and Side. A feast or fired where three title shot briefcases will be awarded and one gentleman will be fired. I think uh, it's no coincidence that Coney Deaner is in that match. Yeah, the Deaner will be done. Stick a fork in him. That boy's going down. He's done. Solution. Next Sunday, and of course, you will not see it here live, but you'll have us covering it live, just like we always do for all WCW, WCW TNA, and WWE pay-per-views. That's almost accurate. Almost Come accurate. January. WCW 2.0. Where? WCW 2.0. It's called TNA. Ah, gotcha. Where uh, the Nasty Boys will be challenging for the tag team titles. And the Brutus, Brutus Beefcake will get a, a shot at the uh, at the global championship. Their new slogan is going to be, where the senior citizens play. That's right. It used to be where the big boys play. Now it's where the big boys wear diapers. <laughs> 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 
Oh, yeah! No, Don't no. be a seer. DNA, where the big boys wear diapers. Yeah! Note the verb, Jesus. play. We're not here to play. Great quote from uh, from Nash when he first arrived in WCW. We're not here to pr- play. We're here to pray when you all pass away. Oh, that okay, was that, just that's, wrong, that's wrong, 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 wrong. I was just going with the old people thing, not the other angle. We don't wish people death. We here. don't at all. Can't believe you said that. I can't believe I said that. You're fired. All right, you're rehired. Fuck it. <laughs> don't forget to... horrible. You can uh, send a message to uh, the chat room or, of course, uh, email us Sunday night on Yahoo.ca. Are you going to open up the phone line eventually? or we gonna All cool. kinds of PC problems. I will oh, let okay. you know when well, we can open the lines. Well, don't get ahead of yourself. Well, we don't right? want the computer to explode. That's for sure. So well, it's, uh, it's giving me shit now, okay? So just <laughs> chill with the fucking phone number shit, all right? Okay. I will let you know. All right, that's fine. But... Uh, We've had a lot of callers this year, and uh, we from all over the world, and we really appreciate it. But Jeff, I have to tell you that uh, it's JJ. When did you start calling me Jeff on this show? From the very beginning, well, I stop. I got to tell you, the Survivor Series on WrestleView eFed was uh, another very successful show. Really enjoyed watching all the matches, and uh, and <laughs> I, I got you got to love the comments section at the bottom of the. Uh, at the bottom of the of the thread, where that room, because I'm having issues. All Seriously. Right. Okay. Just keep talking for a second. Okay. What do you want me to talk about? Oh, let's talk about the pay per view. I'll do this. Let's see. Uh, Randy Orton writhing on the ground in pain. Kofi right next to him. Okay. Good. I'm glad we're still broadcasting. Well, yeah, there is a delay, Dave. Yeah, there's a few seconds of a delay. It's a little bit more of a delay than we're used to, but that that'll work. That's no problem. Like I said, bear with me. I've got some frozen shit on the computer. At least Adobe is still recording us, and at least Winamp is still broadcasting, but I can't pull up my media player for fucking commercial breaks. The chat room is fucking dead to me. Like, I can't get either one of them to close. So I'm just kind of working on this right now. You continue on. Well, uh, Mr. V, your teacher, uh, TNA equals where Virgil could very well win the X Division title. And Mr. V would riot in the in the streets afterwards. So, uh, <laughs> could Virgil be the X Division champion, and could the Nasty Boys be the tag team champions? As Santo Loco has joined us in the chat room, holler at the champ. Yes, you s- definitely. I will. J- the champ is in the house, and we welcome Santo Loco to uh, to the TLC pay per view coverage here on Sunday Night Showdown on the WrestleView. Randy Orton in progress. Big cross body off the top rope for Kofi with uh, Mr. Armstrong, the, uh, the once again, the slowest referee in human history. And the most controversial. <coughs> and the most controversial. But, I, I mean, that just brings us back to the whole issue that was going on between and The Undertaker where the guy he was deliberately trying to screw over two or three months ago was the guy that he uh, gave back the championship to and... To me, that just showed that the worst angle of the year in WWE, I mean, there were plenty in TNA to choose from, but the worst TNA WWE angle of the year was the whole CM Punk, Scott Armstrong, <coughs> Teddy Long, Undertaker thing, because it just didn't make any sense. And that, that just proved to me that they kind of made the mistake of having too many pay-per-views that close together, because Batista, excuse me, The Undertaker, had to win one eventually, but 
they didn't want it to be instantly against CM Punk to ruin all of his heat. And right now, CM Punk is not on this broadcast. And is even though he's brought Festus back after curing him of his drug problem, it's kind of the same promo week after week after week with Punk. And he's not... He's kind of devolving back to where he used to be. I mean, yeah, he was very successful with the idea in ROH, but he, he's not really progressing anywhere forward right now to this point. I don't. What do you think of the whole Festus? Now he's known as Luke Gallows, and the whole gimmick was that he was having drug addiction the whole time he was Festus. What, how do you think that's going right now, in your honest opinion? I like it. And, I mean, when, when you got Slam Master Jay... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. As uh, as Jesse's new new deal, it just doesn't make a lot of sense when it comes to splitting up yet another tag team for neither one of them to have a, a successful singles gimmick. But I mean, the whole idea that that thanks to CM Punk and his advice it, that uh, sh- that Festus was able to break out of this drug induced haze to get back to what he normally to him being a normal person, I think that's a great impetus for this. Uh, can be the crazy heel, but still have his backup, knowing that if he gets in any trouble, that Luke Gallows can can get him out of it. So I I like the idea, but I mean, splitting up yet another tag team just didn't make a lot of sense. Dim down. Very nice maneuver by the Viper, Randy Orton. Serpentine. From Jerry the King Lawler. Well, I, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. Means oh, okay. he's, he's a serpent. He's very serpentine. How does that not make sense, Dave? I, I just never heard the term before. So, okay, maybe your brain's not working, my friend. Oh, probably. Oh, that that's no doubt about that whatsoever. Uh, Randy set up for the punt kick. He goes, but Kofi blocks. He sticks the uh, the elbow. Right in front, and it, there, he's playing off like he might have broken his arm here. Kofi Kingston, very sore, trying to get feeling back into that arm. And Randy Orton, I thought he was going to go for the RKO. No, he's working that arm. Yeah, he kind of moved his, his arm around so that he, he'd be kicked in the shoulder or the upper arm rather than being kicked in the head because that was definitely going to end that match. Of course, he's setting up now for the stalking RKO. If he hits this, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. Kofi goes for the trouble in paradise. Orton ducks it and hits the RKO. That's it. Referee is in position. One, two, three. Randy Orton victorious over Kofi Kingston. Very good match. Very well scouted by Randy Orton as he completely ducks out of the way of trouble in paradise. And nails the RKO. Beautifully done. Good match. Yeah, very good match. I mean, Kofi did everything he could to try to win, but he still is not in a one-on-one level. And, I mean, as we said a few minutes ago, Randy Orton could make the argument now that uh, he could get the next shot at the WWE Championship because it's not against Cena anymore. It's against Sheamus. Absolutely. I think that's exactly where they could go. But uh, something on uh, WrestleView that piqued my interest this week. This Tuesday, December the 15th, History of the World Heavyweight Championship DVD comes out. So I have to assume that'll include all the uh, WCW history as well. And 
that could make for a very, very good paper pay-per-view, for a very good DVD where, I mean, we we had the history of the Intercontinental Championship, very, very well done. Uh, the Tag Team Championship, basically history, which was very well done as well earlier this year. And, I mean, obviously, this will give them a chance to re- release some previously unreleased on DVD matches involving the World Heavyweight title. And, I mean, for all the things WCW did in, in the towards the end when they were the biggest company in the world the world heavyweight championship match was the most important thing that they did and it should prove to be very interesting what what content's going to be on this DVD come uh, this Tuesday in fact I think it actually already came out it says the 15th really because I was actually in Best Buy this past week and I'm pretty sure that I saw it in the DVD section I think I even looked at it I think it's it's been released early Oh, okay. For some markets, it, but I'm pretty sure that I saw it. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, we talked about about uh, Legacy when it came to Ted DiBiase. The Marine 2 comes out on the 29th, two weeks from, from this Tuesday. So is that the impetus to, to finally split Ted DiBiase off of the Legacy? We'll have to wait and see. I, I would say, yes, that's probably going to be the reason that it happens. Legacy has probably worn out their welcome a little bit, and it's time for uh, Ted DiBiase to go out on his own. And I'll be very interested to see how these... Uh he feels like he was screwed over. You, you can't blame Batista for that. That was kind of a controversial call, and I'd even say that I have to side with Batista on that. If chairs are legal, then how come a low blow is not? Because it's not a low blow match. <laughs> it's a chair match. If low blows, blows were legal, it would be a low blow and chair match. I want to see a low blow match. I want to see a low blow match, too. The first one to hit a low blow on his opponent wins. Would, would it be a guy versus a girl on that one? Because that would, that would make it more interesting for me. Well, I, I, I don't want to see Undertaker and Batista in a low perv. blow. I, sorry, I just I, don't. I think in the whole era of when Jericho was facing China for the, for the Intercontinental title, didn't he hit a low blow on her from behind and... She no-sold it because there was nothing to be affected. Actually, I think that whole feud was a low blow to wrestling, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Imagine if Jeff Hardy wins Superstar of the Year tomorrow night. Imagine if Jeff Hardy <laughs> goes to W... Uh, excuse me. Imagine if Jeff Hardy goes to WCW version 2.0 with, when Hulk Hogan says, Hey, brother, we don't have a marijuana policy, brother. Which is something I want to get into really quickly. Yeah, go ahead. I read a report saying that the fine is $2,500. So if you fail your drug test and it's a basis on marijuana, then you are fined $2,500. Now, the report coming out was that Raw, there's still a lot of problems with marijuana smokage, but SmackDown was virtually clean. Well, he got a Jamaican, you got a leprechaun. Well, he's not Jamaican anymore. You got a former rehab hey, Jamaican. Come hang out with me and we'll smoke the ganja. No, I, I don't think so. Um, again, SmackDown virtually cleaned up on the drug use. Raw, there's some issues, obviously, with marijuana smokage. It just goes, ignorantly. where do you go from here? If you're Jeff Hardy and you do come back to wrestling, he's fucked. He's screwed because he's going to get fined $2,500 every time he, he fails a drug test. Or the scenario is, as big a name as Jeff Hardy is, does he now go to TNA? Does he try to help Hogan build ratings. He's so over right now that Jeff Hardy could be a major star for that company. 
But t- does TNA really want the risk of a convicted felon? Do you think they really fucking care? I'll just say it. And he's not a convicted felon yet. Yet. He may beat this case. <laughs> Jeff Hardy does not equal Kurt Angle. He could beat the case. It's well, probable. Anything is possible. That's true. You know, guys, uh, tomorrow night is the 2009 version of the Slammy Awards, so it kind of inspired me this week to look at the 2008 Slammy Awards. And one of the awards last year was WWE.com exclusive web show, of course, won by the Dirt Sheet. Have all those shows disappeared, like Word Up and Santino's Casa and all that stuff? Or are they still going? Because I haven't heard anything about them recently. I think they're done. I haven't checked on them either, but... uh there's been no mention, so it would lead me to believe that they are gone with the wind. Last year's breakout star of the year was Vladimir Kozlov. Kofi Kingston, Evan Bourne, and Ted DiBiase, the nominees. Do you have a quick prediction on that for tomorrow night? i got to say, if it's up to me, and you talk about breakout star of the year, um, well, no, Sheamus could be one, but champ. as far as breakout most improved star of the year, i got to go with The Miz. Well, isn't isn't breakout though like a new like, talent? Like that's in the why last it was year, Vladimir, Ted DiBiase, like Kofi. You you've got to go with you've got to go with Sheamus. He is the heavyweight champ or the world champ or whichever title is or yeah, WWF title, whatever is on Raw right now. He's the big champ. I mean, you you've got to give it to him. Yes, he is the WWE champion. Technically. You're right. Technically? Technically, he is the champion. <laughs> he currently holds the belt in the back right this minute and probably okay, hasn't so, let it go yet. So, in just over five months, he became champion. You can't beat that in a newcomer. Okay, so I'm just going to... If there's a most improved category, I have to go with The Miz because 2009 has been a record year for The Miz. Agreed. He went from being someone that I didn't care to watch to someone that has really grown into a great competitor. I agree with that. And I absolutely agree. And his his Calgary kit was awesome. Hey, I was there that night. That was that was a big moment. That was a great way to get him back. Yeah, and I mean it shows I mean and Jericho's another guy that portrays this. You have to have brains as well as brawn to get ahead in this business from a from a work point of view and uh Obviously, that's exactly what what the Miz did to get uh, to get back on the Raw brand, and now he's the U.S. champion. But uh, another award was Moment of the Year, Extreme Moment of the Year, and I I think you mentioned it earlier tonight, JJ, which was the Big Show throwing John Cena into that light standard. I think there's no question that that's the uh, Extreme Moment of the Year to to this point. Uh, I guess a good close second would be when when Randy Orton had uh, John Cena ready to be ex- ready to be uh, detonated by that by the uh, the pyro stuff but uh but no that that was a huge moment and was it instantly reminded me of when Triple H was uh was in that car that was 200 feet over the ground and and Steve Austin was in charge of the of the the truck that was running it he flipped it flipped over and he fell 300 feet and and uh Yelled, oh shit, as he went down and uh, walked to the ring the next night. Do you remember back in, uh, and this is something we can talk about. I know we've got. Fake it is. <laughs> Predetermined. It's fake. 
Uh, finishing move of the year last year won by Evan Bourne Shooting Star Press. I just want to clarify, the ending may be predetermined, but last I stepped in the ring, nothing else was. That is true. Very definitely on that. Finishing move of the year. I don't know what what Sheamus's finish isn't it pretty effective. Well, now he's using the uh, razor's edge. He does use the uh, choke slam into a backbreaker sometimes. So I'm not really sure what he's using for finishers these days. Well, either putting people through a table and winning a championship belt. That's true. That's a pretty effective uh, Touché. finisher. Touche. Well, well, either that or um, or uh, the Starship Pain by by John Morrison. Uh, you know what? I like Morrison, but I'm not a big fan of the Starship Pain. I think it's a lot of times he misses with the Starship Pain. He overshoots. Yeah, he he, he overshot it tonight. So I I don't agree with that at all. If you wanted my opinion for one of the best finishers, um, I still think the pedigree is up there. I still like the uh, the Codebreaker by Chris Jericho. I'm even digging the knockout punch by the Big Show, which is really the most legit move in wrestling right now. A guy that big hitting you with his fucking hand? Yeah, yeah. for sure. To me, that's the most realistic finisher in the business today. Yeah, it was a nominee last year. Of course, uh, Evan Bourne, Shooting Star Press, won in 2008. Tag Team of the Year, John Morrison, The Miz. I don't think they're going to be up for it this year. But uh, you could make the argument that Priceless, Cody Rhodes, and Ted DiBiase should be the winners. But I would say that uh, Jericho, Jericho is is definitely the Tag Team of the Year. Being the Tag Team Champions, although, I mean, Primo and Carlino held the belts for quite a while throughout the summer uh, after the, the merging of the championships at on our DVD exclusive at WrestleMania. But, uh, no, Jericho, definitely the tag team of the year, I would say. No, I'll agree with that. I think that they've done really well, uh, especially in a situation where it was originally Edge and Jericho as the uh, unified tag team champions. And had Edge not gotten injured, I think it would have been a, a nice dynamic. I don't know where the big show might have fit into all this. He probably would have been drowning in the mid-card. But with Edge being injured, I think that Big Show filled in admirably, and those two have done a great job ever since. And I really think that once their feud, once their championship reign comes to an end uh, in the next 20 minutes or so, (laughs) and DX walks away the tag team champions tonight, I think that we're going to see great things out of Chris Jericho, and I think that the Big Show will be uh, put back in the mix who knows? He might even in the next year win the WWE Championship. You never know with the Big Show. I think he's he's earned that right. I think he's earned a title shot at least. And I'd like to see that happen for the Big Show. And, you know, Chris Jericho and the Big Show have had a pretty good run together. And I don't necessarily think that Edge and Chris Jericho would have had quite as good a run or quite as long a run because Edge isn't isn't a tag champion anymore edge has moved on past then and it was hard for me to wrap my head around him being a long-term tag team partner so and even though chris jericho and and big show the same thing they moved on from i mean big show never really was a tag content bought it i bought their their teaming up you know they the brains and the brawn it worked and I don't necessarily know that it would have worked had Edge not got injured and gone out. That's that's a very good point. And uh, regardless of whether Edge is coming back anytime soon, 
it's possible he could be back for the Rumble, although I don't know that he's healing as well as they had liked. I know that upon his return, they were talking about a Jericho-Edge feud, which would be probably a very good match to have at WrestleMania if that does happen. But whether he's ready or not, I do not know at this point in time. I know that the Achilles heel is a, is a very hard injury to recover from. Oh, yes, definitely. And it's probably the worst injury that you could ever have in your life. So it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Either way, I think Jericho is in for a big push once he's done with his tag run. And quite frankly, I actually forgot about the tag team originally being Edge and Chris Jericho until you just now reminded me. Well, you know, out of sight, out of mind. That's right. That's the way it happens. Jericho's setting up the ladder, and I think Big Show was just pushed into the ladder on the side and actually butted into Jericho, who was on the opposite end of the ladder. So, Yeah, they, they were up uh, near the entranceway, and Triple H was getting double-teamed, and then Shawn Michaels disappeared and then came back with a chair and started beating both of those guys down with a chair. So I, I can tell everybody now we're not taking phone calls tonight because I'm not even going to bother opening Skype up. I can't even close my chat out, but then again, I can't even get back into the chat. So no phone calls tonight. I'm sorry. We're just going to finish the show out. Maybe next time. Maybe next week. We'll, we'll be fine with, uh, with Skype and whatnot. Well, we have the oh, my God moment of the year. And could you make the argument tonight, guys, based on, on the run of this crowd in San Antonio that Sheamus winning this belt over John Cena is the oh, my God moment of the year? Oh, my God. Oh, my God, not Cena. I know what I loved more than anything, watching the little children with the Cena gear crying. Exactly. Your daughter would have been crying. And Two of them. God, she wasn't down here. The, the, the other daughter that was crying when he was going to um, have that station, that he could no longer wrestle on Raw. So imagine him actually losing the belt. Oh, so sad. Devastating for children. So sad. Any other moments stand out that could surpass the one we just saw two hours ago? I still love the uh, Big Show throwing Cena through the light. To me, that was the most oh-my-God moment of the year. Because that was something I never thought we'd see. Diva of the year last year was Beth Phoenix. I would say, by default... Michelle McCool has to be the winner this year simply because she held on to that championship for such a long time and everybody else, Molina was in and out, Mickey James was in and out and uh, Michelle McCool was the most consistent. And don't forget, she was the first woman to ever hold both championship belts. Correct, correct. I know a guy in New York that would greatly disagree with you. <laughs> greatly disagree, but... I agree. I think that as far as Diva of the Year is concerned, there is none. Well, you know what? I thought Maurice had a really good run, too. You know what? Maurice actually grew up. Maurice, yeah. I mean, next time I'll have your mic turned on when you're talking. She really uh, filled a hole that needed to be filled. Uh, wow. When I'm, she I'm, came I'm, back a couple of weeks ago was the gobbledygooker. The fact that you said needed a hole that needed to be filled and gobbledygooker in the same sentence. <laughs> I don't know. Place your own dirty joke there, oh chat room. Oh, boy. Well, Crowley's saying that uh, Sheamus winning the belt makes him the first guy this year to win a world title for their first run. When was the last year? You know what? I'm not in the chat room, and I yeah. really didn't understand the way you phrased yeah. it. So 
Maybe if you want to read it again. Apparently he said 1999 was that the first time that a guy hadn't won a world title or WWE title for the first time in his career. That's 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 quite a historical 99? look back. Cena won since 99. No, yeah, 99 was the last time there was a 365-day period where a guy didn't win a world championship for the very first time in his career. That's a hell of a research point, Corelli. I don't think we really understand what you're talking about. Yeah, that makes no fucking sense, Crelly. New guys win the title all the fucking time. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah. Go to bed. It's 4 a.m. Good night. Uh, apparently, Edge is, could come back early, according to Lant- Latino718. He's getting, he's getting better. I don't think the Royal Rumble is realistic, but if they can build up something between him and Jericho for WrestleMania, if Jericho and Undertaker doesn't happen... That could be very much what what turn, turns out to happen. Uh, <clears throat> Jack Swagger, James is Rookie of the Year. Yeah, I think we're pretty much a consensus that that Sheamus is Rookie of the Year. And I mean, really, he could clean up tomorrow night. He could get two or three different awards. Yeah. But as far as Rookie of the Year, I mean, going into this, yeah, Sheamus did win a world title tonight. But I think Swagger has, has had a great year as well. You know. Winning started matches? started off as the ECW champion, had a great feud in ECW, looked really strong on Raw for a long time. I mean, he, but he came to Raw and he became almost a joke. And the WWE Championship holds a hell of a lot more weight than the ECW Championship holds. Yes, and Harmony, I will agree. Months? I will agree. But again, I don't know what the criteria for this is. If it even leads up to tonight, you'd have to think that when you look at the year, I mean, granted, this just happened. The awards are tomorrow. That's what I keep, that's what I'm trying to uh, sure, instill in we you guys. For sure, but I giving our opinions of who we would think it would be. Had Sheamus not won the world title tonight, who do you think would be the rookie? Completely different, but he did. Again, the awards. I think I still would have gone with, with Sheamus, like, before, t- before tonight, JJ, which is what you're asking. I, I would say Sheamus still would have won the Rookie of the Year title. But the best series of matches Sheamus had all year, I thought, was against Goldust. Like what, when, uh, when I mean, okay, Rookie of the Year. Also tonight, did we not see Drew McIntyre win his Intercontinental Championship? Mm-hmm. Very true. So that's two rookies that have won titles. Granted, Sheamus has a higher title, but I'm talking about prior to tonight, who would you say was the Rookie of the Year? I would still have said Sheamus. I would still have said Sheamus. Who would you have said? Oh, yeah, you would have said Swagger. Swagger. I would say Swagger, yeah. All right, that's fair. But uh, Triple H dominating the big show right now with that high knee that everybody just gives to him by default. An interesting spot a couple of seconds earlier. Triple H, uh, was foot was hanging from a ladder. He was laying upside down in a ladder against the corner. And then Big Show threw Shawn Michaels into Triple H afterwards. Big Show with a choke slam. Nope. Traverses into a DDT onto the Big Show. Michaels going up, setting up for that patented elbow drop. The most beautiful elbow drop in the business today. And he connects on the Big Show. And now it's time for some sweet chin music as Shawn Michaels is queuing up the band. Is about to hear Shawn Michaels' favorite tune. And no, Jericho comes in. Shawn goes for the super kick. He misses. Jericho counters. With the code breaker, Triple H with a spine buster onto Chris Jericho. 
The Big Show on his feet with a spear. Too much action to call. Absolutely. Uh, but I did it. Yes, you did. Very well. Match of the year. I mean, there's really two candidates. I think Undertaker, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. And then the, the runner-up would be the, the Iron Man between Randy Orton and John Cena. But yeah, I think those really were the two best matches of the year. But I still think Undertaker and Shawn Michaels the best match I've ever fucking seen. I have to say that's match of the year. I believe it, it went about 35, 40 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, you had all kinds of crazy shit in that match. You had Tim Snuka not catching The Undertaker yep. and him landing almost on the back of his neck. You had Shawn Michaels go for a moonsault on the outside, and The Undertaker just moved out of the way. Yeah. I mean, you had some great spots in that match, and both guys took six months to recover yep. before coming back. Bottoms, I mean, hands down, uh, bottom line, I have to say Michaels Taker gets match of the year. I'll be definitely surprised if it doesn't. Something that stands out for me is is the entrances of both competitors where Shawn Michaels was dressed all in white and descended from the roof as uh, the the big sh- as the undertaker was dressed all in black and ascended from the uh from the depths of hell, as they like to say. Well, yeah, it was a match between heaven and hell, which is what I liked about it. I thought Shawn Michaels' uh, wrestling attire for that night was fantastic. I'm not a big fan of, of his new attires. I don't like the whole uh, assless chap thing he's got going on now. I'm still reminiscent <laughs> of the old... <laughs> I'm still very remiss of the old uh, heartbreak tights. I really wish he was wearing those. I really don't like the ring gear. And I haven't since 2005. It's better than that elimination chamber with the fucking shit breath. They just hit the pedigree on the big show. Shawn Michaels laying down, inverting after that pedigree. Shawn is going to set this ladder up, and he's poised to go to the top and pull down those unified tag team belts. Jericho somewhere on the outside, possibly biding his time. But if Shawn Michaels makes it up this ladder, ladies and gentlemen... We're going to have new tag team champions right here, right now. Mr. V mentioning in the uh, chat room about another big moment of the year being as Shawn Michaels is going to drop over and Big Show catches him on the outside. Good thing Show was there to catch him. But another significant moment, once again involving Sheamus, was where he beat the hell out of Jamie Noble, and Jamie Noble (laughs) retired over it. Well, yeah, that was a, a very poignant moment moment excuse me Chris Jericho climbing the ladder he's the only guy in the ring Triple H trying to get into the ring in time Jericho grabbing one of the belts and Triple H you have to get both belts according to Matt Stryker Triple H setting up for some plunder as both men are on the ladder on the same side Jericho pounding the head of Triple H Triple H falls once again to the mats and I think Jericho has the belts. Nope. One more time. He's setting up for a power bomb, and he delivers a power bomb to Chris Jericho. Another candidate for for match of the year was the ladder match between Jeff Hardy and Edge at Extreme Rules. You know that was that was a good match. I liked the finish where Jeff uh, wrapped Edge up upside down with his feet in the rungs, to where Edge couldn't do anything but watch Jeff Hardy grab the belt. Yeah, that was a match that you never could really tell when there was going to be a finish or where it would make logical sense for one guy to not be able to continue while the other guy was able to 
to reach for the championship belt. But that was a very innovative finish, and it was a very, uh, very, very uh, well-resolved match and a very, very entertaining match. I think it probably comes in third in most people's yep. uh, in most people's voting. Big Show just destroyed the ladder. He's kicking the shit out of it. Has been it all the hell. Triple H was halfway up the ladder when Big Show came into the ring and choke slammed Triple H to the ground. He's thrown the ladder to the outside and is done with the ladder at this point as he's inflicting more punishment to Triple H. Chris Jericho on the outside regaining his bearings. I don't really know how smart it was to get rid of the ladder and destroy it from the from the Big Show's vantage point, but uh, more power to him. Maybe well, they'll start lowering ladders from the entrance gimmick. <laughs> Since we have about a thousand up there, yeah, probably. Well, they're yeah, they're still Let's going after the old ladder, and it's like, oh, it's fucked up, so I better get another one. Did I blink, or have they not used uh, tables yet? Uh, you know what? I don't know if they've used tables or not. I've kind of been busy with uh, the show stuff. I, I kind of gave up on trying to fix this thing. I'm just, we're just gonna ride this nightmare out. No Skype tonight, no chat room for me, so you got to keep me up to date on what's Absolutely. going on. Absolutely. No problem at all. And I do know we need to probably get to our email, so if you want to open up that account, and all we right. can, uh, we can defi definitely do the emails. Okay. Just, I'll put the mic down for a moment. Jericho with a chair. They've got Shawn Michaels and Triple H inside the ladder, sandwiched. Big Show holding the ladder. Jericho coming down on the ladder with, with the chair, and the Big Show... Puts his exclamation point on it by dropping the ladder. He's actually torn the ladder in half. He has ripped it off, the Big Show has. And is taking it off both DX right now. Incredible. I've never seen anybody break the ladder directly in half before. That is a first. Kudos to the Big Show. I think that's two destroyed ladders now. And they're going to have to find a third. Telling you, but they better start lowering ladders from the fucking ceiling. Oh, and the big show just going to town on uh, Shawn Michaels. All right, well, we got two emails whenever you're ready. Yeah, go ahead and start them up. All right, email number one from Evan O'Brien in Ireland, the home country of the current WWE champion. And the WVCW tag team champions. Yes. Oh, there's the table as both DX go through the table. Yes. Big Show throwing <laughs> Shawn Michaels into Triple oh, H. Oh, this is great. Into the not even into this the is great. Match. Jericho is trying to climb a one-sided ladder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's going to get Triple H, or he's going to get the Big Show to hold the other side of the ladder. Oh no, they're going to. He's going to put him on his shoulders. This is this is smart, especially if both ladders were supposed to were not supposed to break. This is actually a, a very effective idea. That's uh, that's going to work perfectly. Yeah, how's he going to grab the belt? He's going to have to grab him quick and then... Let go and grab onto the let, belt. And yeah, exactly. The He's holding on to the Big Show. That's not going to work out. <laughs> well, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are both knocked out on the side of the side of the stage, but here no, they both they're come not. back. They're back up. And they know oh, they're boy. fucked. Yeah, Jericho's like, put me down, put me down. Uh-oh. Shawn's dirt. Sean connects with the... Oh, with the sweet shit music. Oh. Jericho takes a hard fall to the outside on the table. He could be hurt, ladies and gentlemen. He was supposed to go through that table and instead kind of dove a little too early and uh, just hit his head, his chin on the, on the table. I see the finish now. They're going to knock Show out of the ring with the ladder like they just did. The half ladder, yeah. And I was going to say, one of them is going to bring the half ladder back in. It's Michaels. 
and Triple H is going to hold the ladder for Sean while he gra- he goes up the ladder and grabs the championship belts. Well, we were talking three hours ago about about Shade. innovative ideas we've never seen at a ladder match before. Shade, and no, we have seen this before. Shades hold the ladder up because they actually only had one-sided ladders back then. And exactly as I told you it was, Triple H holding the ladder, Shawn Michaels grabs both Unified <laughs> Tag Team belts, and we have news. Wow. For the first time ever, Unified Tag Team Champions, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, together, your Unified Tag Team Champions right here at Tables, Ladders, and Chairs in a fantastic TLC match. Wow. Fantastic. Once again, an innovative idea that... Uh that worked out perfectly. That once again, they stole from Stampede Wrestling. Yes, I'll make that argument every day of the week. Actually, you know what? I got I heard something this week. StampedeWrestling.com is still getting 5,000 hits a month. That's if, crazy for, if, a, if, for if a federation you, that's dead. Yeah, it's that's unbelievable. Impressive. That just tells you about the legacy of the company. Anyway, uh, Evan O'Brien, hello my friends at the showdown. One half the WVCW World Tag Team Champions here. I'm sure by the time you read this, Seamus will have lost, which disappoints me. <laughs> but hopefully one day my ginger friend from Dublin will be the WWE champion. <laughs> <My> ginger friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you guys to ponder. Should WWE institute more strict measures when doing wellness tests? Uh, yes. It's clear to me at this point that WWE are only doing drug tests and maybe some cardio tests. It's blatantly obvious at this point in time after what came to light about Test and Chris Benoit, that these wrestlers need regular MRI scans on their brains, routine and psych... MRI scans on their brains, and routine psychiatric evaluations. What do you guys think? Keep up the good work, and I can't wait to listen to the archive. Evan O'Brien. Yeah, when it came to the... uh, And I mean, even Adam talked about this this week, that... When it came to what was going on with the brain tissue of Martin, it was very similar to what uh, Chris Benoit suffered from two or three years ago. It is, and I think that really a ban on chair shots would be a very good idea. If Tess's brain looked like Chris Benoit's brain, let me ask you something. When Mick Foley passes away, which by God I hope never happens because I love Mick Foley, how do you think his brain is going to fare? Mick Foley, a guy that's taken I don't know how many chair shots in his career, not to mention some of the hardcore shit he did in Japan, but I, just the one match in, in, in my mind that stands out with Mick Foley, you know, the Hell in the Royal Rumble match the following year in 99, where he took like seven or eight, nine chair shots hard way against The Rock in that, uh, that I Quit match. You've got to think that a guy like Mick Foley has got some severe dementia as well in his brain. I think a chair shot being, uh, I think chairs being banned is a great idea as we're getting the nice little feedback from the WWE pay-per-view replay feed. Right? That's what they do after. I don't know. Turn that shit off. Channel clicker. You don't need that. And here I am begging for the the Shaw cable after the music or after the pay-per-view funky music that I used to always always complain about. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean... As we were talking about earlier, all these uh, new shows, all these new pay-per-view concepts are just increasing the violence. And it's unfortunate that, I mean, for news like this to come out, a shares were about to begin. I mean, we really didn't see too many chair shots tonight of any 
real consequence. And I mean, the guys throwing them were were veterans of the business who who knew exactly what they were doing. So it wasn't a whole bunch of bare rookies destroying each other. And I mean, really, CZW and those kind of extreme federations seem to be uh, fading away a little bit. I mean, they're still prevalent around, but it uh, the science speaks for itself. I don't know. I, I think a good idea to ban the chair shots. I'm in agreement with JR. I think you don't really... Well, okay. Let, let me rephrase that. I don't have a problem with chair shots per se, but I don't think they should be used all the time. And I think that they should be... Obviously, if, if you're going to if you're gonna have a chair shot, it should be special. It should be a, a big-time deal to kind of build something up, and it should be done professionally. You know, if you're, if you're not getting your hands up in the way or if you're not taking the chair shot the way that you're trained to take it, then you shouldn't be taking the chair shot. I've been concussed by a stop sign because I was too stupid to get my fucking hands up. And Are the guy fucking... That? Huh? Did you tape that? Uh, I used to have it on tape, No, yes. I'm talking about the I was too stupid first. No, it will be deleted from the archive. It didn't get, it, it didn't get you know, taped. But uh, regardless, I mean, I, I've had a concussion. I know Trey talked about the time he got hit with a chair and... Said he wished it would have been me instead of him. Uh, you know. <laughs> but not just everybody can give a chair shot either. That's true. And a lot of people don't know how to do it. Either. Yeah. I couldn't take one. You don't learn that in training. True, I guess. I but I'm kind of in agreement with Jr. I think that it should be toned down a lot. They just and tell you. They just tell you you're going to take a chair shot, and you just take it. It's like anything else. You know the the predetermined high spots, you're going to take a chair shot. You take it. Nobody learns it. Not everybody can give it. That's true. And that's why you get people getting hurt. Well, you talk about Mick Foley and how many chair shots he's taken over the years. Think about ECW, guys like Spike Dudley and 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 Tommy Dreamer, because not only on TV, but also on those ECW live event house shows. The fans who... We're certainly not going to go to an ECW show and be happy if they didn't see any table spots or chair shots or anything like that. It, they wouldn't just put up with a, a night of wrestling from a company called Extreme Championship Wrestling. So it it worries me about guys like that. Like I said, a Spike Dudley, a Tommy Dream, or a, D, a Bubba Ray, or a Devon, because they took more chair shots probably that didn't make the camera than that ever did. True enough, but we have other emails as well, Absolutely. Correct? Another email tonight from uh, Psycho Siciliano, co-host of The Rewind. First of all, it is lovely to hear the dulcet tones of harmony back on Sunday nights. Thank you. The person in New York, that person in New York that is losing it because of Mickey James not winning the belt tonight, I have to deal with him tomorrow for The Rewind. Thanks a fucking lot, J.J. Third, you guys said it Thursday. Sheamus loses the belt on Raw to Cena before the Rumble, maybe even tomorrow night. Drew McIntyre is not the Rookie of the Year. Sheamus has more of a potential to be Rookie of the Year. Jagger, Jack Swagger is not even close to a Rookie of the Year candidate, let alone a winner. Explain to me, if you can, what happened to cause the restart of the Undertaker-Batista match. Nice broadcasting Pay, uh, nice broadcasting play-by-play, JJ Soley. Uh, <laughs> Undertaker. <laughs> nobody H- else can keep up with this craziness. Undertaker HBK, the best match of the year in WWE by far. 
I have some other deals that I would say outside of WWE, but in WWE that match rocks. Skype was a bitch all fucking weekend. Sorry about the phone calls. That's why the rewind will be taped Monday night, because Skype was being a bitch. Has the TLC match even come close to the past matches that have... Review. It was uh, yeah, very interesting. Too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you said, Jericho or Jericho and the Big Show against DX was a different kind of life, different kind of TLC match, a different kind of tag team ladder, but uh, still very well executed. And, and I mean, these four guys are good sports entertainers. I mean, Jericho and the Big Show are sports entertainers. There's not that for the props on the play-by-play, Mike. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, let's see. Uh, hi, guys. It's Latino718. I have a show request for you guys. I know you plan to have a Best of 2009 show later this month, uh, but I've been thinking since we're heading into 2010, why not highlight the Best of 2000 through 2009? I know it would take a lot of time, but why not split the shows? For example, one show you can review 20, 2000 and 2001. The next show would be 02 and 03, et cetera, et cetera. Just think about it and let me know. Lastly, I want to ask you guys what you think the best moments of 2009 are. Here are my top five. Big Show Chokeslam Cena into the electrical equipment is number five. Edge, no way out, number four. Scott Steiner ranting on wrestlers who weren't from the United States at TNA's No Surrender. That was pretty funny. Number two, Christian Rang at uh, Survivor Series. The four of us are black, one of us are white uh, preview and, of course, the number one moment of 2009, drum J- roll, Jay saying he was not a racist. I am not a racist. <laughs> I am not a racist. Okay. Did you have to say it? Okay, now, I, I did make a comment that was quite funny. No, when, it was quite racist. It was quite funny from my standpoint when I, when I called Hernandez a stupid Mexican because he cashed in his, <laughs> his money in the bank ladder match that stipulation. That was kind of silly, yeah. In a, in a four, what was it, like a... There was like a multi-man Yeah, four-way that became a five-way. Yeah, I, I, my emotion got the best of me. I am, I am not a racist, but it was fun to play that out, and uh, I made my apologies to uh, all the Latino people out there. All the Mexicans? All the Mexicans, yes. Because you don't need to apologize to anyone that's Latino, but not Mexican. <laughs> but yes, that was a funny moment. Thanks for bringing up my pain, Latino718. So we'll have to see about a best of the decade. I had a couple of ideas we talked about off the air, but, well, now, but now, we'll see. We'll see what happens. One of the things I, I, it's a good suggestion, and it would take too much time. And I'm we just have a life. We, we do have a life outside of this show, so I don't really have time to do all that. I could, I could maybe think of maybe a top twenty list of things that have happened over the last ten years that were significant to the business, that were big moments that we might be able to do. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's more manageable. Maybe change well, there's there's one critical thing. I just celebrated my 10th year of wrestling radio in November of 2009, which means that I started in 1999, which is not in the 2000s, so that can't be one of the top 20 moments. And it won't be. Well, I, it's not eligible to be because I started November of 1999. So, And I'm so sorry, Dave. But Well, the worldwide phenomenon deserves its props. but I, obviously that, That's a new thing. You just started that. I have no <laughs> idea where that even came from. Because I'm better known around the world than I am in my own city. That's why. Worldwide phenomenon. That's true. People know you all around the world, but they don't know you in your own city. That's pretty sad. <laughs> I'm glad you you know promoted that on the show. That's, that's awesome, Dave. Uh, Mr. V, before he left in the chat room, was talking about uh, concussions. He said, uh, he said he's had 11 concussions. 
And he's still alive? That's yeah. that's impressive. Ten minor ones and one one really severe one, but uh I mean we've we've known a lot of football uh quarterbacks, Steve Young and and the like. Uh well, in this neck of the woods, Dave Dickinson, who uh who have their careers cut severely short by concussions. And, I mean, wrestlers face that sort of severe punishment a lot more often than football players ever do. And, and it's it's a real concern. I mean, you, you would think that MRIs may be something exactly that, that should be planned for these guys because you never know what it could take. I mean, I would think, I'm, I don't know the science of it, but once brain tissue's dead, it's dead. It won't regrow itself or regenerate. But... Well, I think not only should they do drug testing. I mean, I'm sure that they do uh, HIV and and uh, you know testing like that pretty often. Because let's face it, you don't want to go out there and bleed all over a guy that's HIV positive. So I'm sure that's that's one of the things that they heavily screen. Uh, I know it was a couple of years ago, well, maybe four or five years ago, back when uh, Orton and Undertaker had their feud, and Bob Orton Sr. was wrestling Taker, and uh, he had Hep C. And didn't tell anybody in the office, and bled all over the Undertaker and his son in a, in a match, which was a bad idea. So that's something they've really got to keep a hold of. I'm totally for MRIs. I think that these guys should be tested at least twice a year, you know, and especially after a, a heavy duty match where they're taking all kinds of crazy risks. I think it's a great idea, and I want to see more steps, preventative measures, so that we don't see so many wrestling related deaths due to concussions and and stuff like that. I think it's great. I think it's a good idea, and I'd like to see the company utilize that. Playing devil's advocate, though, do you think that the wrestlers would actually go for this? Because wrestlers try to avoid any kind of tests that they can, because if if they're caught with something wrong with them, with a sickness, with an illness, even if they know they have a sickness or an illness... Their mentality is to continue on, to continue on with the show. They don't have benefits. They don't have paid sick time. They don't have health care coverage. They pay for everything themselves. And if they're to go to be forced off because there is something wrong with them, then they lose all of that pay. So I'm just, and you, I mean, any of the books that you ever read, they talk about that and how, you know, especially the old time guys that continue to work when they have very serious injuries because they had to put food on the table. So do you do you think that that would be a problem with the wrestlers themselves not wanting to get this done? I think it would, but I've said for years, and I'm, I'm in agreement with Jesse Ventura. They need a union! They need a union. Oh my God, did you just actually say that? They I need, thought you hated unions. I do, but wrestlers need... They're, they're classified as an independent contractor, yet... At the same time, despite the fact that they're considered independent contractors, they're still doing the normal work that anybody else does. They have a boss that tells them what to do, where they have to be. So how are they independent contractors? I think that's bullshit, and I think that they need a health plan, and they need to have benefits. These guys, these guys go out there and bust their ass and risk their lives sometimes just for the enjoyment of us, the regular wrestling fans who want to see them crucify each other and beat the living shit out of each other. And Vince McMahon makes a ton of money off every one of these guys, and they don't make near as much as Vince McMahon has ever made. I totally think that the wrestlers need a union. It'll never happen, 
And that's the only time you'll ever say that I believe in any kind of union shit. Telephone workers need unions, too. I know, and you're, just you're a prime example of that, <laughs> Harmony. Just say it. But I, I was think, Vancouver, by the way. I think that's exactly what needs to happen, my opinion. Uh, just a quick clarification from uh, DTA to us, a.k.a. the Angel of Azrael. Apparently it was Hep B, not Hep C. Oh, was it Hep B? It's still, still hep. It, it's a Hep. It's a Hep, yeah, absolutely. doesn't matter. It's still a disease, man. It's still bad. Well, uh, quickly, hep we've, hep. we've got some... No. Uh, We've got some uh, Slammy Award nominations ready for tomorrow night. What you got? Uh, Tag Team of the Year, obviously, Jericho. And DX. Yeah, well, Jericho, DX, The Legacy, and The Heart Dynasty. Uh, Gee, let's see, which one isn't going to win the award? Heart Dynasty, probably. Okay, so they get a nomination, but yet they get jobbed out every week? I know. it's that work? It's sad. When Crime Time is not on that list, and they own the Hart Dynasty every time they wrestle. Yep. How is that even possible? Uh, okay, so Sean. Okay, so there's the oh my god moment of the year again this year. Sean Michaels kicking the super kicking the girl in the cafeteria. <laughs> Pretty uh, funny. That was funny. <laughs> that was well. That we was. Didn't get to see. That was on the Calgary We're broadcast naked, actually. Uh, Chris Masters is uh, dancing pecs with the Osbournes. That uh, was pretty fucking to the, funny, uh, too. That was oddly mesmerizing. To the song by the Black Eyed Peas. awesome. If I ever see him in person, I'm going to ask him if he'll do that. But I'll throw on the charm and the sexy voice. and I'm sure he'd do eyes. it for you. Who would have thought, <laughs> thought that Chris Masters, a guy that back in 2005, myself and the Trey Dog, thought should be the Intercontinental Champion... A guy that they really dropped the ball with. Who'd have thought in 2009 that Chris Masters is known for bouncing his pecs up and down to Boom Boom Pow? Because that's all he's done in like the past year. Wow. But it, that was pretty awesome. That should win. Uh, Chris, excuse me, Michael Cole throwing up on Chris Jericho at the Smack, Actually, didn't he do it to an Aussie song? Party? You said no, it was they, Black Eyed Peas. No, it was an Aussie song. They it, did it to Black Eyed Peas. It was crazy it was, train, yeah. Dave. It was Aussie fucking Osborne, Dave. Go yeah. back and watch the show. I thought it was that boom, no, boom, boom song. No, it was no. Aussie Osborne. Crazy was Train. When they did the, when they <laughs> had the Osborne. <laughs> I, I, I. No. Yes, it was, yes, Dave. Yes, it, no, it was. Oh, my God. What can we put on the line right now and Google that? Dude, the chat will agree with me. It was fucking Aussie because he was guest hosting the fucking show. Why would they play Black Eyed Peas to fucking Ozzy Osbourne? Because Black Eyed Peas were there that night. Dude, no, they were not. <laughs> yes, no. they were. Unless they were in the audience. They were in the audience. But it was an Ozzy fucking song. It was Crazy Train. <laughs> okay, well, Crowley's saying he did it to, to both songs. Maybe I missed the Crazy Train song because I was away from the TV. Well, he did it in front of Ozzy, the Crazy Train. Okay, well, maybe he did both songs. Go back and fucking and watch that shit on YouTube or something. Well, apparently... Well, didn't he do it in front of Jericho? Because Jericho was complaining, and then and and then uh, he did it at some backstage segment. Either way, he did it to Crazy Train. Okay, well... And it was awesome. We're, we're Actually, we're getting half the votes for each of them, so... May, maybe there were two segments that night. I, I really don't know. I just remember the one in front of Ozzy. Sorry. Okay, uh, Michael Cole throws up on Chris Jericho at the SmackDown party because he ate too much shrimp. Not that funny. That wasn't an oh my god moment. That was kind of juvenile and sophomoreish and not even funny to me. And Santino Morella accidentally pie faced. Vintage Hornswoggle. Yeah. Vintage Dave. 
Santino Morella accidentally pie faces uh, Vicky Guerrero with the Thanksgiving show. Eh. Okay, so that's, that's so it is. So is Big Show putting Cena through the fucking light not on there for Oh My God moment of the year? Well, I think that's the extreme moment of the year. Oh, okay. Uh, Raw guest host of the year, uh, Bob Barker, Seth Green, Shaq, or the Osbournes? Bob Barker, Barker. by far. Yeah, I, I think so, too. For sh- uh, definitely on that. So, uh, but, I mean, what but Shaq did a good job as well. Shaq did, but I think Bob Barker still owns. All right, and shocking moment of the year, which I guess is w- more what you were talking about. Batista turns on Rey Mysterio at the at bragging rights. Randy Orton DDTs Stephanie McMahon and kisses her as Triple H is forced to watch. Although that was good. Punk defeats Hardy in a steel cage match, forcing Jeff to leave SmackDown. And those are the only ones? And Sheamus slams Raw guest host Mark Cuban through a table. Really? Those are the only ones? Those are the big four, apparently. Wow. If I had to choose any of those, I'd probably say Cuban going through the table. Now, Orton... Orton DDT Stephanie is the early uh, vote leader in that category. So, Although that was kind of crazy. So is there anything else we want to say before we wrap this show up? Because I've got things to do here shortly. I've got a yeah, in about post, 17 minutes. A post-pay-per-view show to be on. And no, I, gotta, I think I think it's a solid show. I think it was a I'm solid sorry. show. I, I really do. Because um, I was back. I agree. I think our show was <laughs> solid. I think the WWE TLC PPV was solid. <laughs> uh, nine straight letters, but no, it's uh, it's a good closeout to 2010, and I mean, really, the Royal Rumble countdown starts tonight, and the r- 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 and uh, WrestleMania is just three and a half months away. So the time to be a fan is is from tomorrow night straight through to uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, the last Sunday of March. So. It, we're we're ready for prime time right now, and like I said, to me the second biggest show of the year is in seven weeks' time, and I can't wait to be here for that for that uh, specific evening. And don't forget, W excuse me, TNA final resolution, the most forgotten about pay per view in history because it doesn't involve Hulk Hogan because it's on it cruise control is is in just seven days, and we'll have that coverage for you here as well that night as well. Well, with that being said, on behalf of Harmony, on behalf of Internet Dave. On behalf of myself, J.J. Sexay, this has been your uh, coverage of TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, the last WWE pay-per-view offering of 2009. We'll be back next week to bring you Final Resolution, as Dave alluded to, the uh, pay-per-view that's forgotten from TNA Wrestling, the non-Hogan-related pay-per-view. Of course, we will be covering it live right here on Sunday Night Showdown. And, of course, the archive will be up for tonight's show, tomorrow, and uh, each and every Monday night following each pay-per-view, that archive will be free to you on WrestleView, as well as SundayNightShowdown.com and TPSRadio.net. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. It was fun to cover it, and we will see you guys live next weekend right here at WrestleView, right here on Sunday Night Showdown. All right, guys, have a great night, and we'll see you then. I'm J.J. Sexay. And I'm out of here. Oh, she's lost in color.